Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. located in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania. We broadcast each and every weeknight, Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Global Star Radio Network, Blog Talk Radio, as well as uh, video on YouTube. Um, we have two websites, HagmanReport.com, HagmanAndHagman.com. Go to HagmanReport.com, daily book market. There you can find the latest uh, content, news, and information, as well as the show information, and just for show information, you can go to HagmanAndHagman.com. Uh, for those new listeners, my name is Joe Hagman. I'm the co-host along with my father, Doug Hagman. Together we are the Hagman and Hagman Report. Got a, a great show lined up for you tonight. Got a lot of news we're going to get into in this first hour as uh, some breaking news uh, later in the day came out about uh, Donald Trump revealing information about ISIS to Russia and the big brouhaha that's causing. We're going to get into... Uh, a number of code things. level, um, according to the Washington Post show, code level uh, terminology, meaning yeah, that's, uh, a, that's or, what they uh, say. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, McMaster already issued code a statement. word information. The National Security Advisor McMaster issued a statement already, saying that no intelligence sources or methods were declassified, no military operations were disclosed that were already not known publicly, and the Washington Post. Uh, has lost all credibility, in my opinion. Anything well, they, they never have had it. Right. Uh, but but th- this is what they... Th- th- see, this is, in my view, polluting the uh, minds of the uh, the public when, uh, when, our, when, when, when media outlets run with information like this. I think that this does more damage um, to... You know, the word optics come to mind. And the, yeah. You know. But how much of this do you think he's doing to enrage those people who believe in this false russian narrative because if you if you, well, if you look at it with, yeah we're on the, the same side though right yeah absolutely ISIS. um and there was a big victory against isis in mosul today as the iraqi forces killed uh, over 170 to 200 uh, isis fighters recapturing uh, areas of, of mosul that were under isis control so we have seen some movement there today that's not in the news too much uh, but we're going to get into this trump um Russia information portions of tonight's broadcast are brought to you by ZipRecruiter.com. ZipRecruiter.com. More on that later. Um, so where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the... Well, I, th- I think it's important to start with the breaking news, and that, that's really, at the end of the day, the Washington, well, at the, the Washington Post came out today with uh, the fact that President Donald Trump revealed highly classified information, Russian foreign ambassador, uh, you know, foreign minister and ambassador. You saw that picture of uh, Kislyov and the yeah. other gentleman there. And, of course, the code word level information that was reportedly given, according to the Washington Post, sources to the Washington Post, meaning CIA sources, which means those connected to Hillary or uh, Obama, not Hillary, but Obama, uh, this is what they call, I mean, this is the swamp 
this is the sewage from the swamp, in in my opinion. So here's kind of piecing this together. Where the where this came from uh, was this. Okay, so you've got sources, yeah. Obama sources talking to to the Post. Post publishing this, Trump revealed highly classified information to Russian foreign minister and ambassador. Then you have the um, words code word information, which is given to right. The post people. One more thing, and then, but, but see, here's the issue: if this did happen the way the Washington Post said that it happened, the uh, intelligence committees and and the um, heads of the um, congressional committees for intelligence would be informed of this first, right? I mean, well, it depends. depends. You know, when we're, we're talking about uh, you know classified information. The president has the authority to declassify anything he wants. So, uh, you know, before he handed it over to him, he could say, "But that's not what they're saying." No, that's not what they're saying. But but this is what the the story I have is uh, that Trump revealed intelligence on the Islamic State during a May 10th meeting in the Oval Office with the Russian Foreign Minister Sergey Lavrov and the Ambassador. Uh, the, that, according to the Washington Post, the intelligence was given to the U.S. by an ally who did not give the government permission to share the information with other allies. Uh, the information stems from an ISIS plot on commercial aviation originating in a town controlled by the terrorist group. That much is, is known Which, in the okay, statement uh, on McMahon. So that, that for those people wondering, and, and, and tell me if this is true based on your research, that, that resulted in the uh, banning of the, uh, the uh, electronics from Europe, right? I, I mean, war had... I don't know. It had, it, okay. It was at the same time, reportedly... Yeah, all of this took the, place. the computers and laptops from from being allowed on yeah. on transnational flights. But but based in Europe, and and a lot of this is that I'm kind of piecing together from uh, from the people I'm talking to, myself from uh, inside the Beltway. So this, but but then they infuse the the post infuses this graph. Yeah, you're right about the laptops. Okay, and electronics. All right, so so. But but again, the information that, that I'm getting that they're saying, um, pretty much like you're saying, it's it's not it's a fake story. It's a totally fake story. It's to draw attention again to Trump's ties to Russian interests, right? And, and then of course they put this graphic in the, the article, online article. But but here's but, but here's the origins. It's coming. Remember we had talked about the uh, various um, organizations that Obama had set up. Like a shadow government in in D.C., a, a lot of this is coming from the elements inside, from swimming around the swamp inside D.C. Still, it was still within the various government agencies communicating this information to Obama's mm-hmm. uh, people, and Obama's people leaking this to the media outlets, and in this case, the Washington Post. Well, that's a, a, one of the other reasons I wanted to, to talk about this. How much of this do you think? Do you think this could be a a uh, something put out by the, by Trump himself by the White House to find a leak. No, no, okay. no. I, I no. You know, I, I think a lot of times people give him too much credit, not because he's not that smart, but he. I, I don't think he's got that much time. Well, there was just so many stories about the leaks this weekend and uh, how they're intensifying after the the firing of James Comey, and that uh, the reports of Trump being very angry about these leaks. So I was just wondering that maybe that this could be something that. They were doing to try to and, find and, the source of some of the leaks. Well, and I think, Joe, and folks, I think this is going to be the case. I think you're going to see President Donald Trump clean house. Um, that's coming. 
I think you're going to see this massive cabinet shakeup, cabinet level shakeup, uh, also White House personnel. That's going to push a lot of career politicians out, I believe, and I think that that's the good news. Now, the bad news, I think it's going to ingratiate the uh, Kushner and uh, uh, Kushner into the into the fold more. Yeah, that's and, the bad news. And that was the reports uh, from yesterday that as Trump trusts less and less people around him, he yeah. is putting more trust in Ivanka and Kushner. Yeah. Um, that article from the Washington Post also goes on to say that there was a. This was provided in the context of an information sharing agreement. Do you want it? No, I haven't. Sorry. Of an information sharing agreement between the U.S. and Russia on ISIS. And the article even points out that no laws were broken. But about the optics. It's a heck of a lot of, uh, no laws were broken, but, but this is a lead story right now. I mean, it says it in the article. And by the way, folks, this is the, this is Monday, the 15th of May, 2017. Um, we're leading off with this information because of the the again well as you just mentioned the optics and continue with that statement. Well, no, I mean I I can see the optics you know um, here and I can understand why Trump did it. You know they've been pushing this false narrative of you know first it was Russian hacking the elections and we know that not one vote was was changed by any type of hacking from any nation. And then, you know, it's meddling, Russian meddling in the elections right. with fake news stories. Now it's, you know, collusion. They've been pushing this and pushing uh, some type of, you know, talk of an investigation with no evidence or facts to, to back up their claims for eight, nine months. So when we see last week, you know, Comey's fired, then Trump meets with the Russian ambassador, it raised red flags. It looked bad, right? Sure. Well, that meeting was scheduled for a long time. Now, did he fire Comey the day before that on purpose? I don't know. And then this again, you know, uh, this coming out about the Russians, where That's an interesting they have point. accusations to make with no criminality or or uh, anything that they can really, you know, impeach him over or say he broke the law or he broke this or that. So is is Donald Trump trolling the media, knowing what he's doing? Doesn't care if it looks bad, letting his ego, you know, get the better of him. That's well, that uh, you know, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of reluctant to, to say that that's the case, but you don't know. Uh, but I, I just, I, I, I don't see that taking place. I, I, that would be to me, uh, both not not just counterintuitive, but counterproductive, even even given his uh, his desired antagonism toward the media. But but this, but see, here's and, and I do here, here's what I see taking place. I see this not going well, not going well at all. I, 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 Joe, I don't know how you feel, but uh, well, I feel that these people on the left, you know, the the um, the political correct, everybody's a racist except them. The tolerant left, they're so they're itching so bad to find something that they can, you know, impeach Trump with that they don't even care what's real, what's not real, what's fact, what's not fact, you know, what's what's truth, what's a lie, right? right. In, in in that same thought, um, regardless of what Trump did today, if it's moral or, or not, it's going to make these people's heads explode. But at the same time, you know, it might, for people who aren't looking into it and doing the, the research or getting to the, the truth of the matter, you know, it may, may, as you said, the optics might make people think that there's something to that. And it's going to make those people who already believe there's something to the Russia election meddling just 
there's nothing that is ever going to change those people's well, minds. So. Just some backstory. I was supposed to be on uh, with Alex Jones today on InfoWars, and I, uh, long story short, uh, Roger Stone was on, and there was a lot instead. Um, and I said, hey, with all this stuff, believe me, go for it. Uh, I can't add to that. However, I want to listen, and, and I want, you know, let me, give me you know, feed me. Um, and everything I'm seeing across the political landscape, um, I, I think they're really, I think they're trying to make, uh, I think they're trying to, to provide grounds for impeachment. I mean, not that this is news to anyone, but, but they're doing it in such a way that this is going to cause everlasting damage to our constitutional republic because it's going to exploit and, and, and you really have to really think about this really deep. This is going to uh, bend the constitutional, the rules of the constitution or the tenets of the constitution well beyond uh, anything that's, that's been done before. Uh, they, they, they want to not just impeach Donald Trump but get him out perhaps the uh, they want amendment to... section 4. Yeah, the mental, the mental, right. the mentally disabled. That was one of the themes in the media over the last, um, and uh, after the impe- uh, impeachment inauguration, and leading up to this impeachment talk that we've seen the last few weeks, of kind of picking up was the Twenty Fifth Amendment. You know, Trump's mentally unfit. It's been a, a running narrative on MSNBC and, and on CNN, and you know, these people. This is what they want. They want. They can't stand the thought of Trump being president because of. They're because of perceived, you know, hatred and racism, and uh, even following the Constitution, enforcing immigration law. You know, you're a racist, and, and th- this constant uh, political correct, social justice warrior movement that's going on in our country that is just destroying the minds of millions of of people, um, and and it's very it's very troubling. But you know, again, what what they're accusing Trump of. Yes. There's nothing illegal. Well, There's nothing well, that, if it, nothing illegal, it, even uh, if it is classified information, he has the power to declassify it and share the material. But post, okay, not in the post uh, post leak setting, though. Okay, for because this is the same argument. And think about this. You know how we talk about Alinsky, the rules for radicals, using the rules against us, using our rules mm-hmm. against us. This is kind of. This to me has that fingerprint on it, the Alinsky fingerprint on it, the community organizer's fingerprint on it, where this is what Donald Trump warned about during his, um, when he was getting classified information. Remember during the campaign when the two, when both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump were getting information, were getting briefings? Okay. And Donald Trump Oh, and then that continued. Uh, did that not continue beyond the inauguration? Somebody help me out. Did, did that continue beyond the inauguration? The inauguration. Or, or, or not the inauguration, but the, beyond the date of the election? The intelligence briefing to the uh, the opposition? Well, that would have ended right after the, the vote. Well, right after they declared who was the president. Okay. I can't see the opponent continuing to receive any. Yeah, I, I'm not sure, but there was a time period in there where Donald Trump says, no, no, you can't be doing this. You can't, you can't be telling Hillary Clinton. And, and maybe it was... My memory uh, is not good on this, but nonetheless, there was a time period when Hillary Clinton did receive this information when really she probably shouldn't have outside of... In fact, nobody, in at least in my estimation, except the, 
the man in the Oval Office should have gotten that 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 that, that information. Although there is that transition period, but all of that said, this is the same template, or the same thing that that Donald Trump was complaining about uh, publicly. That that now the Washington Post, along with certain key sources within the government, are, are uh, using against us, using against Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, that's got the Alinsky fingerprints on this. So well, you know, where is this yeah. leak coming from? That's a question that needs to be asked. Um, and and then anytime you know, I see publications like the Washington Post or some of these other left-leaning sites say, uh, cite anonymous sources or former employees of sources. My red flags go up automatically. Well, anytime you see the but, word "sources" by a by a, a journalist, it, three letters. In a separate note, I don't know if you saw what what Hillary Clinton has been doing. Hillary Clinton launched. A new political action group in the form of a charity. It's not a. It's not oh, a pack. It's man. a charity. Uh, onward together. It's a five hundred one c four organization. Right. She's already taken donations on the website she set up. Now, five hundred one c three, of course, is a religious, um, taxes exempt charity. That's the Johnson Amendment. That's what that refers to. Of course, five hundred one c four is a political, uh, specially registered political uh, action committee. It's got a special tax designation and such, but, but, so it's a 501c4 mm-hmm. for Hillary Clinton. Onward Together, there you according go. to the website, is a group dedicated to advancing the vision that earned 66 million votes in the last election. <laughs> We're launching Onward Together to encourage people to get involved, organize, and even run for office. More than ever, I believe citizen engagement is vital to our democracy. So I'm, so, I'm so inspired by everyone stepping up to organize and lead. And she goes on to say, this year has not been what I envisioned, but I know I am still fighting for a kinder, big-hearted, inclusive America. There you go. So, um, there you again, go. onward together. Uh, uh, how long do you think it will be before Hillary Clinton and Obama ultimately team up? I, I know that well, you know, in her there's tweets, no love loss there. In her tweets that she put out, um, with all the, those were different tweets I was reading. Right. She has you know her first tag on the tweet. At indivisible team, right? So, so there okay, you go. she's already working with them. And, and, and who's yeah. going to donate money to Hillary Clinton? You know what happened to the billions of dollars from the Clinton Foundation? What happened to the, 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 the hundreds of millions of dollars she she earned um, illegally from selling access while in positions of power, both in the Senate and in the State Department? Is she going to put any money into into this organization, or is she just going to keep? Hoping that the people are idiots and continue to send her money. I mean, the last thing I can, and, and what's sad is people are going to send her money. Of course, of course. I, I happen to watch. Um, I, I got to tell you, uh, folks. By the way, uh, John Robertson, our uh, producer, John. Thank you for all you do. He was he was in in the studio at six o'clock this morning. He appeared on Coach Dave Live at seven seven to eight. Great, great, great show between seven to eight. Coach Dave Live. But um, this weekend, throughout the weekend, it was just a working weekend. And um, but today, I didn't know that, that there's this um, Showtime documentary. I don't know if it's just ex- exclusive to Showtime or if it's out there in the in syndication anywhere. Wiener, it's called Anthony Wiener. You know, I never heard that. Uh, you didn't? 
Mm-mm. Pretty interesting. Now, I was there's a point I was going to make about this, but but uh, uh, Showtime documentary about Anthony Weiner. Yeah, I'm not even sure. Well, it was it, it was interesting because it really it, it lit him up pretty good. All right. You talk about narcissistic, at least in my opinion. Here's a guy that agrees to do, agrees to take part in a self-documentary in a run-up in his run for New York City mayor. And in that, in the process, what comes out, of course, but the sexting to Sydney Leathers, you know, right? And just the self-destruction. I mean, I wouldn't sign. Look, if that was me, I wouldn't sign. I mean, how how crazy do you have to be to sign off on something like that? But nonetheless, he signed off on that. Um, I, I'm not sure why I mentioned that. I thought it was relevant to something that, uh, you know, hey, I'm old. Cut me a break. Um, but anyway, again, going back, John, on Coach Dave Live, catch that. We were going through a lot of uh, correspondence mail, uh, of course, you know, uh, mail that we got. And by the way, I guess I owe you an apology. Uh, I, I, I didn't bring the letter with me. Uh, it's an older woman who lost her son. And, uh, I feel bad for her. But she said, you know, you treat your son like crap. Whoa. She's, okay. Cause the, the back and forth and the, I, it's not interrupting, you know, when you're having a discussion and folks before we went on the radio, well, I've been on the radio for the last five years. We did this in the car for about ten years, so. Oh yeah, yeah, we've had a lot of practice. It's, it seems like interrupting to you guys is just normal conversation for us. Well, you know, it came with two books, and thank you, ma'am. Thank you. I don't have your name, and even if I did, I mean, I don't have it right handy. But even if I did, I couldn't say it on there. Um, she said, and you know who you are. You sent two books. Uh, now this is probably, well, this is actually a year ago, but as we were just triple checking everything, triple checking. I found this note inside the book, in one of the books. And that was a letter to me, you know, you got to be ashamed of yourself and treat your son like crap. And, you know, wow. Anyway, so uh, there I apologize. If if that's the case, it's not done intentional, you know. But uh, anyway, Uh, but but see, excuse me, this is not going to be the last I, I don't believe this is this will be the last two of uh, this kind of stuff, the Washington Post stuff. Yeah, and the, this is just the beginning. The White House has uh, pushed back against the latest reports about Trump disclosing the classified information. The story is false. The president only discussed the common threats that both countries faced. That, according to Deputy National Security Advisor Obama holdover Dana Powell, uh, said in a statement, the president and the foreign minister reviewed common threats from terrorist organizations to include threats to aviation. That from McMaster, the National Security Advisor, who was one of the people at the meeting, again, who said at no time were any intelligence sources or methods discussed and no military operations were disclosed that were not already known publicly. So mm-hmm. there you have it. They're they're pushing back, and, and then you have uh, uh, Tillerson, Adding, uh, during President Trump's meeting with Foreign Minister Lavrov, a broad range of sub- subjects were discussed, which were common efforts and threats regarding counterterrorism. During that exchange, the nature of specific threats were discussed, but they did not discuss sources, methods, or military operations. So there you have uh, comments from the White House from 
both the Deputy National Security Advisor as well as the National Security Advisor and the um, Secretary of State, Tillerson. All right. I, I, but you're I'm right, not sure. outcry from the other side. I already was on Huffington Post and starting to read through the comments. I, I'm not exactly sure. Read through some of their comments over there. Do, do you do you think Tillerson? Do you, do you trust Tillerson? Is, I don't is, know that some much of about his, him. Uh, deputies and the appointments that yeah, they are questionable. Uh, not sure. No, and, and at some point you have to ask yourself. Because from what I understand, there was only a few people in that room at the time. So either somebody from that room is the source of the some of the leaks, or the White House is bugged, right? I mean, well, uh, is the White House bugged? Which I can't see them letting that. No, I mean, when they change the administrations, I'm sure they sweep for the for bugs every single day. I'm sure that I know for a fact there's rooms and things in there where electronics don't even work. Stuff, uh, yeah. So, for, frankly, I, I think it'd be, I think that's, that's too, that, that'd be too risky. All you need to do is just have moles inside the, uh, administration, and I'm sure there are plenty. Uh, I mean, think about it. You know, it's, it's not, it wouldn't be that difficult. So, no, I don't think so. Um, and my goodness, any, any electronic device can be essentially traced back to its, uh, origin. You either have, uh, well, I'll just leave it at that. You're, you're gonna, you, if you find a device, you're gonna find, or be able to de- decipher a signature of that device, whether it's, uh, or and, and right. likely who put it there. So, and uh, yeah, you know, uh, one more thing. We're, we're about to go to break. So, one more thing on this, um, the, the latest Washington Post report about you yeah. know Trump sharing classified secrets with Russia. The media has continued this bogus Russian narrative for so long now that I don't even believe the majority of the country is going to look even they're going to look at this headline and say whatever <laughs> just more crap about Trump and Russia I mean it's like the, the was it the boy who cried wolf after you cry wolf so many times nobody believes you when the wolf comes interesting concept I, yeah, I don't think that necessarily that would be the that would be the case but in terms, going back to did, did Donald, is this a tactic of, of the administration? I don't believe that to be the case. I think that, that this is a tactic of, um, you know, the, 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 I, I would equate this to the, the little dog nipping at your ankles or even, you know, the, what, what people do to us, you know, the Christians all year, you know, Christians versus Christians and such. And I think it's just childish, but we're going to break. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. In a thrilling series of novels, T.C. Joseph takes us into the lives of three families who struggle to maintain normal lives in a world where conspiracy theory and Bible prophecy collide. 
T.C. Joseph's viewpoint of alternative history and understanding of prophetic events will change your view of the world and the events on our horizon. Kirkus Review states, Readers of End Times Fiction will be hard-pressed to find it done more intriguingly than this. Extremely readable and fast-paced. Blue Week Reviews boldly states, Fans of Tim LaHaye's Left Behind series and Tom Parada's The Leftovers will find this thought-provoking series absolutely riveting. Order your copies of T.C. Joseph's This Generation series from Amazon.com. Book 1, Precipice. Book 2, Pentecost. And Book 3, Penance. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. This edition of the Hagman the Hagman Report. A lot of information, a lot of news taking place. Of course, the big news right now today, and this is a subject to change. You know, in the next uh, hour, of course, is um, is the uh, the Washington Post story about the well, the uh, allegedly the uh, code, the word co- or code word information being disseminated by Donald Trump. Did you want to tell me something? Yeah, you're shaking. Okay, hang on a second. Talk amongst yourselves. Hang out. Joe and I are going to have a little conversation here. Oh, all right. Well, that's nice. For those of you just not hearing anything. Um, oh, well, you just hear the music. Yeah, turn the music up. What are you complaining about? Would it be interesting if if one found, and and I'm going to give this to give this basically the credit to Joe on this, but uh, wouldn't it be interesting if one found that uh, you're running the White House and uh, remember who 
remember back when we told you who not to trust, wouldn't it be interesting to find out that Priebus, Rince Priebus, uh, was the leaker? Hmm? Huh? Imagine that. Words come across the desk that, uh, it appears that, that Reince Priebus could very well be the leaker. And if that's the case, watch out because it's going to be you're fired and, uh, more than that. So Joe's going to be, and that goes to Joe, um, information he's getting in real time as well. Folks, Portion of the Night broadcast, as we mentioned, brought to you by ZipRecruiter.com. Are you hiring? If you are, do you know where to post your job to find all of the best candidates? Posting your job in one place is not enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job in all of the top job sites, and now you can. And we've used ZipRecruiter with great results. At ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks such as Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. You can find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll in to ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface, and it is marvelously easy to use. You won't be juggling emails or phone calls. No. You can quickly screen candidates, rate them, and choose the right person fast. Folks, find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by Fortune 100 companies and thousands of small and medium-sized businesses. And right now, listeners to this program, if you can hear the sound of my voice, you can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. One more time to try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. It's a great service. We, we've used it and, uh, they're great. It's just a great service, especially if you are responsible for finding the right candidate for the right position in your company and organization. It's fantastic. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to say, if you're just joining us again, John Robertson joined, uh, was with, he appeared on, uh, Coach Dave Live at seven o'clock this morning. And, uh, from seven to eight, did a great job. Uh, both got to the studio. Well, I think I beat him by like five minutes and then he, he at six o'clock, he comes rolling at six oh five, you know, in his pajamas. Right. Um, and by the way, this is some good news. Uh, and, and is John joining us tonight? No. John? Yeah. Did he back no. out? I thought he was going to join us. I don't think he, no. Uh, oh, that, no, that's smart. We got, um, okay. Yeah, we, we got that's this smart. next this segment for news. We got Sangari, yeah. uh, Sergeant Sangari coming up in the next hour, and then Josh Vessel. Kaplan of Vessel, Vessel News will be on, yeah. on hour three. That'll be a good person to talk to some of this breaking yeah. news about. Yeah, I want to find out what he, yeah, we got to find out what he knows. I have not found another story except on InfoWars. There is a story, Priebus exposed as White House leaker. White House purges again with Priebus. That's from byline on that. Roger Stone, Mike Cer- um, oh, yeah. Cernovich, and um, Jones, apparently from today. So I don't know if this is an um, actual, if this is their theory, or if they have information to report this. It's a video. It's a few videos, so I can't uh, watch the video. So I, 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 I heard that earlier. Um, but um, in addition to one other person, well, there's another person inside that circle responsible for those leaks. And hopefully the, the leaks, uh, the leaker, leakers are found sooner than later, yep. uh, as this continues to be a, a huge issue with this White House, is the, the leaks coming from all areas of government. And they, uh, people are saying that the FBI leaks have intensified since the Comey firing. Switching gears, uh, we'll, and we'll get back to this, uh, information on, on Trump and what's going on in the White House. 
uh, as we continue throughout the evening. But um, a few things I want to make sure we talk about in this segment. One, the cyber attacks that have been ongoing since Friday, the the ransomware, I think it's called WannaCry. The WannaCry attack was on Friday. Now they're talking about WannaCry attack 2.0 happening today. doesn't seem to be as big as it was on, on Friday, or people have a better handle on it today. But some interesting things came out of this. One, this is a, a ransomware program that they use to capture your computer, control of your computer and your information, and then you would have to pay a ransom within a certain time period of a few hundred dollars in order to get your, your files back. And as time goes on, you know, two to four hours you don't pay, the ransom goes up until after a few more hours they completely cut off or, or erase your files. Um, there is now, you know, allegations that North Korea is behind it. I heard, you know, ISIS was behind it. Russia is blaming the United States. Um, so we'll, this is something that's ongoing, but one thing that this is, this was the most widespread. They called it, you know, a global hack affecting more than a hundred countries. And, um, as of Friday, it was, the count was up to over 57,000 computers in different countries around the world in different sectors from financial to medical. Uh, just today I was reading where the uh, medical rector- records of a few European hospitals were held hostage. Um, there's some headlines on Drudge 2 World War Web. Uh, Putin blames the USA. And Microsoft actually came out and and was very critical of the U.S. government saying this is uh, like leaving leaving this program and through the NSA unsecured and letting it leak to the public was like having Tomahawk missiles stolen from the military. That was what uh, Microsoft issued in their in their statement about this. And they had to do some emergency updates and um, they had to fix a few things in the back doors that people are getting access to these computers and shutting down whole networks, you know, you basically taking hostages. But it seems to um Again, today didn't seem to be as bad as uh, Friday was, but it's still the WannaCry ransomware. Uh, Microsoft calls out NSA for stockpiling vulnerabilities. And they said that Microsoft believes that the when the NSA lost control of the software, it was like the U.S. military having some of its Tomahawk missiles stolen. And uh, Microsoft has been raising some issues about the government and the agencies inside the government and some of the software that's going around, and the vulnerability for more uh, of this damaging software to fall in the hands of hackers. We still don't know who's behind this attack, and we don't know the extent of the damage, but it does seem to be pretty, I mean, if it hit over 100 countries, it's very widespread. It doesn't seem like any critical infrastructure inside the United States from you know, the power grid to finance to um, to anything of, of you know that keeps our world moving it did not see any kind of disruptions or significant disruptions. Homeland Security has been aware of, you know, these attempted hacks, and I believe that they they say they have a good handle on it. But what does this mean for the average American and their uh, the way that they use the computer? You know, don't open any suspicious emails. Don't open attachments from people you don't know. And even getting emails from people you do know, be very careful with those who send attachments because we've seen a lot of yes. times where uh, we'll get emails from people who say, don't open emails that came from me you know, <laughs> over the last week. My computer was hacked. 
So you got to be careful with that kind of thing. Uh, just be careful where you go. Be careful what you open. Well, and, and update your, update your up, look. If if you're running a PC, you better update your operating system as well as uh, a Mac. But but uh, PCs are are by far the most exploitable. Update your update your uh, system operating system as well as the patches, and also run good antivirus and uh, security software. Right. And it, yeah. And Worldwide ransomware attacks. Uh, there's an article from Yahoo. By Tech the way, that gets into this. This did not. This want to cry. Uh, allegedly, they're they're looking to find patient zero, so to speak. Just so you know, the original computer perhaps that was infected, because from there they can they can recreate things. And the ransom ransom is being paid or being uh, asked for in Bitcoin. Bitcoin does leave leave a paper trail. The problem is it's all encrypted and decoding that encryption. And the third thing is. The, uh, uh, so the, the, they believe, the, uh, the security experts believe that, that they, there was an exploitation of port 445 is how this happened, uh, by one of the computers. This was not, we'll say a phishing email or the emails that you referenced. This was uh, the exploitation of, of port 445. So, uh, they, that's like each port's a road that, or an exit ramp, I suppose. Would be the way to describe it of computers talking into other computers and, uh, port 445 was exploited for that purpose. So if they can find the original computer that, that kind of hatched this WannaCry, um, ransomware, then, then they could find the, the perpetrator. And, uh, so I just want to add that in there for you. And just some, some details about this attack. I guess it, it has been continuing at least in Europe and in Asia pretty widespread today. Um, who has been affected? Euro, uh, police chief, Rob, said, uh, Rob Wenningright said computer systems in more than 150 countries were hit. With the majority of organizations affected over the weekend in Europe, Asia woke up this morning, um, on Monday with security software provider, uh, Quio 360, who said hundreds of thousands of computers in the country were hit. Nearly 30,000 institutions, including government agencies, in Japan, uh, a spokesman from Japan said that they discovered problems on on their networks, and they described their computer networks as unst- uh, unstable. By the way, FedEx was mm-hmm. FedEx was hit. I don't know if they admitted that, but I could tell you that I could tell you they were hit. Uh, was down. Yeah, sending out uh, sending the. In fact, for a weekend of the Shaken Conference, I was sending the um, files to the uh, the the people who were putting the DVD together, and. Uh, they said, "Oh yeah, we we have we have inventory up, shipments backed up, and it was a mess. <laughs> That's got to be a nightmare." Oh. But they they say other high profile victims included hospitals in Britain, the Spanish telecoms giant Telefonica, French car maker uh, Renault, U.S. package delivery company FedEx, Russia's Interior Ministry, and the German rail operator uh, Deutsche Bahn. And then again, as you said, where did the malware come from? They're trying to narrowed down to patient zero. And Microsoft is blaming the government, saying that the uh, this came from a, the NSA, and they said that governments are stockpiling these vulnerabilities instead of reporting them to manufacturers, not sell, store, or exploit them as they fall into the wrong hands. And Microsoft would be right about that. Uh, again, speculation about who's behind the attack. Russia's blaming the United States. Some people are saying that, you know, this is ISIS, which I would find very hard to believe. 
and others are saying that, uh, you know, this is North Korea. I believe it's uh, much less than a, a nation state. How about, how about blaming, why don't we blame Assange? Yeah, how about the, the uh, Vault 7? Well, let's blame that. Well, actually, it wasn't Vault Seven that was that was uh, responsible for this. It wasn't. It was another leak well, that another website released, and WikiLeaks had nothing to do with it. But it was the same kind of Vault Seven. All right. Um, well, but, but wouldn't it be convenient that way you can really hate him even more and um, you know put him in prison? I, th- I think that's the ultimate uh, objective here is to is to extradite him. Assange, uh, WikiLeaks, even under Donald Trump, it doesn't matter. I believe that. Um, the people that are surrounding Trump, I believe, will will ask for uh, extradition for Assange. And um, oh man, I, I just I, I don't get any of this except to say that I think that the people who really put their faith, a hundred percent faith in the man, don't Donald Trump, the man. Um, although, look, I'm behind him because certainly, what, what are the alternatives? I mean, if you look at the landscape. It wasn't it wasn't Hillary and certainly Romney or you know someone like Romney, Jeb Bush or any of these these other people would not have done or wouldn't do anything. Uh, the the fact is, um, he, I, I believe he's buying us more time. But it's not the man as much as it is the movement. It's not the person as much as it is the ideology that got him into the White House. And we do have to, and I believe as others say that you know what he's there by the grace of God or by the hand of God, uh, whether or not, for whatever purpose God needs him to serve, right? I, I, I mean, look. Well, period. Uh, and, and I think where people get into trouble is when they want to expand on that statement, expound on the, on, on those statements. I mean, I think it's all under control. That's my view. Folks, go to HagmanReport.com. If you haven't already, there's a few articles I put up earlier today, real early today, that ended up uh, going up on Dredge. And one thing I, when I do when I put news on Hagman Report, I, I intentionally avoid what's on Dredge because I know a majority of people go there already. But interestingly enough, these two articles appeared on Dredge um, a little bit later in the day, and there's they're both good reads. The first one is, Violence and intimidation against Republicans are becoming the new normal. And uh, this is something that, you know, we, we talk about when we see free speech shut down in, in places like Berkeley. Uh, but there's a few other interesting things that happened just in the last week. Uh, this article starts out by saying violence and intimidations against Republicans are becoming the new normal in an increasingly tense political climate. Nothing new to listeners of the show. Wait, wait, say that sentence one more time. Violence and intimidation against Republicans are quickly becoming the new normal in an increasingly tense political climate. And I would add to that, and then you can go back, right back to this. When I was talking with John, we were talking about Hollywood. Of course, John Robertson from Hollywood, uh, now our producer, I want to thank our supporters and our, and the people who support us. Thank you so much because we're expanding. And I think you're seeing that expansion, uh, in, in spades as we go, go along. But anyway, Tim Allen is yeah. suffering from that same type of mentality in Hollywood. ABC show Last yep. Man Standing. Yep. Uh, Tim Allen was the the host. It was the, the star. number two show ratings wise on ABC. It um, did things like take uh, conservative points of view, and then you know sort of made fun of um, you know the the progressive left you know with microaggressions and 
and snowflakes. He, he had some fun with that. Now, there's no reason, there's no good reason why the show should have been, should have been canceled. If you look at the, I forget which magazine does it, but the, they do the top 50 shows and, uh, most likely to be renewed or top 100 and then they do the same with those most likely to be canceled. This show had a 90 some percent chance. I think it was the second, number two in the, in the list, uh, chance of being renewed. It was in its sixth season going on to its seventh. Uh, I think I recorded every, on TiVo, I think I recorded every one, just about every episode there was. But Tim and Allen, he, yeah. he just cracked me up. I mean, Tim Allen, uh, in that, when you, I, I, oh, you just have, you just have to watch it. He had a, um, I think he had a, either a shirt or hat on, make America great again or Trump, uh, uh, oh, it's just, it's hilarious. It, it's just a hilarious show. And, uh, but, but Tim Allen predicted this when he was on with, on one of the late night programs that, that, uh, mm-hmm. when he was invited to Jimmy the Kimball version. There it is. Yeah. He talked about how, you know, having a, a right leaning political view, um, basically can get you in, people will start intimidating you, if not threatening you with violence or committing violence against you. And he, he said parallel similar to 1930 Germany in what uh, Jews went through. So, I mean, and there are some parallels that we've talked about it before. Um, but this article goes on to talk about one of the, the most recent incidents that happened in Tennessee. I'm not sure how many people heard about this. Uh, police in Tennessee charged a woman with felony reckless endangerment just last Thursday for allegedly trying to run Republican Congressman David Kustoff off the road after a town hall meeting. I hate Wendy that when Wright. That happens, you know? <laughs> Wendy Wright, the, uh, the woman assailant, was reportedly enraged, enraged over Kustoff's support for the American Health Care Act and screamed at the congressman and his aides, sticking, uh, reaching inside the, the vehicle of his car and, and also, you know, chased him afterwards. She was charged with a felony, reckless endangerment, uh, after she was taken into custody. And also, uh, the same day Tennessee police charged Wright for reckless endangerment, police in North Dakota escorted an enraged man from another town hall after he became physical with Republican Kevin Kramer over his support for the GOP Obamacare replacement bill. Will the rich benefit from it? If health care is destroyed, do the rich get tax breaks? Yes or no, the man shouted before shoving cash down the congressman's collar. Wait, well, what's wrong with that? <laughs> Where do I sign up like for that? that right? Right? Yeah. Where do I sign up? Um, uh, it sounds it, like an okay thing for me. I wouldn't claim assault. Were they hundreds or dollar bills? No, I don't know. Or I don't know. Pennies or but the guy was really angry. I, I saw the, the video. So this article continues saying CNN's Bobby Harlow downplayed the incident, saying the man was showing his disgust for the congressman. A day before that, a Huffington Post article showed up, how to really turn up the heat on elected officials, and that went viral. Uh, and, and just before that, there was an, another um, Huffington Post article, you know, how to how to destabilize the government, basically. And we have politicians saying it's time to move beyond uh, polite protest. Violence might be what we need against uh, these right-wingers. We've seen uh, well, who the are the political fascists violence. Now? Going, who are the fascists? Yeah, exactly. The the anti-fascists. Um, and, and we can go through this whole list of, of incidents that happened. But, folks, again, go read it for yourself. But this talks about the political climate we live in today and how um, intolerant the party of tolerance has become i mean th- listen to this you, you remember after the uh supreme court voted to legalize homosexual marriage what, what did obama June do 26, the white house? 2015 what happened to the white house that day oh r- rainbow colors right 
Yep. Lit that up in okay. rainbow colors. Now, yes. Trump to light White House blue to honor police. Okay. Announced today, Trump's going to light the White House blue to honor police officers for Monday's Peace Officer Memorial Day. The president signed a proclamation today declaring Peace Officer Memorial Day. All right. And this week, Police Week. Okay. After signing the ceremony, Trump said he would also request that American flags fly at half mass to memorialize fallen officers, and he's going to white, light the White House up blue. All right. And? Uh, Who's this? Okay. This is, no. I mean, he is a, a hateful, you know, racist, intolerant jerk for doing this. Because how dare he? Well, of course. <laughs> I mean, there's articles about this. I don't know if we talked about this last week. Did we talk about the ice cream? C- CNN ran a story about how the uh, ice cream gate. We did talk about it. We did mention it. Oh. The president gets yeah. two scoops of ice cream That's with right. his pie for dessert, while reporters only get one scoop. This was the headline on CNN. This was a news segment on CNN. It's been given the title Ice Cream Gate. This is how obsessed these people are. Can, can you imagine uh, if if the press tree or the if the well, I guess I can't even think of a right wing press. But can you imagine if reporters treated uh, Obama that same way? And, and and go back and think about the outrage that the left had about the. Uh, independent media. Yeah, fast and Furious. Oh, right. Obama couldn't do no wrong. Benghazi. I mean, the laundry list of of crimes, of, of controversies, of scandals that went on in that White House that was, yeah. you know, the mainstream media not only covered up, but they argued and called those people conspiracy theorists who even pointed them out. Well, I, I, I really, I truly believe that we have lost pretty much our republic um, any semblance. I don't think we're going to go back to the, ever go back to the way it was. And, and it saddens me to say that, but, but the fact of the matter is, you know, Hillary Clinton skated on all of her misdeeds or crimes. They're not misdeeds, I, I suppose, but crimes. Um, it's really the wild, wild west out there, uh, for the, the poly, people in power and especially the, the progressives, uh, even in, in it's the uniparty system. We have to really understand that there's no two-party tyranny. Eh, I suppose at some level you can argue there is, is it still exists, uh, at least in the window dressing area. But it's, it's you know, certain votes are, are do reflect the two-party system, but, but for the large part it's a uniparty. But, yes, uh, getting back to exactly where you were going, yeah, yeah and, and the other story I want to make sure we hit before the break here because we're we're coming up at we'll the break. Um, the FCC chairman, uh, Ajit Pai, he was on on Mother's Day. Organizers from Disrupt Jade Twenty, Code Pink, took the fight to Pai's front door. The head of the FCC and the the neighbors of, of him, uh, the head of the FCC protesting changes to the Obama administration's net neutrality policy. Now, this guy, uh, the head of the FCC, is uh, working to protect the Internet and, and freedom of the right. Internet. And, and the fairness doctrine, net neutrality, it's not what you think it is. It's and these misguided policy. protesters, not even knowing what, the, what it is they're protesting, are taking this to his front door on Mother's Day because of a, um, a misconception. Because they don't understand. Or they want more oppression, more government oversight, 
Uh, and this is all part of what we see, you know, this political violence has been increasing since the election. Even before the election, during the campaigns, we saw it, and they tried to blame it on Trump. They continue to do this. And this is why any real scandals that are, are that come out against Trump are not going to be taken seriously by his base because you have so much, you know, lies and, and uh, you know, hurt feelings or, or, and emotions are driving these people's impeachment claims that we've seen it so much that when something real or potentially real comes out, none of the people who have been paying attention are going to, are going to care. They're almost going to say, good, you know, shove it in their faces, shove it in the left's face, uh, you know, make these, these liberals, uh, these crazy liberals go even crazier. And I understand that. Um, and, and that's a problem. And then how long until these misconceptions or these people who believe in lies follow the trend of, of, you know, their fellow party goers here and become violent themselves based on, you know, misconceptions that they expect things to happen with Trump, even though he's not breaking any laws. Uh, it won't be long. It's going to happen sooner than later. Folks, when we come back, Sergeant Singari on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Greenovative. Go to HagmanReport.com. Click on the link to Greenovative. What Greenovative is, it's a small company in Florida. They created something called the GMAG Power Cell. It produces electricity by adding salt water to this unit that recharges rechargeable batteries. It's the coolest thing you'll ever see in your life. It's really neat. Really a, a super device. All right, You need just two teaspoons of ordinary table salt, a little water, but a thing, you're charging your rechargeable batteries. Super GMAG chargeable is affordable. It's lightweight, weighs about 8 ounces. It's durable. It's EMP proof. And it's environmentally friendly. Yeah, that it is. It'll provide safe and convenient power for recharging uh, six AA batteries off the grid when other power sources aren't available anywhere, anytime, in any weather, day or night. Go to greenovative.com. That's greenovative.com. Folks, in these uncertain times, it just makes sense to have a sustainable backup method for accomplishing one of life's most important tasks, and that's preparing food. This is the way to go. There is nothing better than a Minuteman rocket stove from MinutemanStove.com. We all need a way to cook and a method to process water. I mean, think about it. Think about the many things that could happen to you. A Minuteman rocket stove can provide your family or group the perfect solution. It's small, lightweight, wood-burning, and every bit as powerful as a kitchen stove. It's smoke fully self-contained for clean storage and transport. Because it's so efficient, it cuts down on your wood gathering and processing chores to a tenth what would be required if cooking the old-fashioned way over an open fire. So don't rely on gas or fuel stoves. Prepare your family. Prepare for yourself. Order a Minuteman rocket stove today. It's going to make bad times much better. Folks, MinutemanStove.com. MinutemanStove.com. Need I say more? You should have a Minuteman, the survival stove in an M.O.K. For investors, Timberland has become the symbol of safety. Global tropical timber demand continues to surge as the world's population increases. The need for managed, sustainable timber production forests has never been greater. When stock markets crash... 
trees keep growing. Direct ownership of fully managed tropical timberland acreage is now available to accredited investors. Prime, valuable hardwood groves close to the beautiful Costa Rican border generate and maintain superior long-term wealth. Consider visiting our forest plantations. Qualified, accredited investors should go to PreciousTimberProfits.com or dial 855-888-6288 for more information. Call 855-888-6288 or visit PreciousTimberProfits.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288, PreciousTimberProfits.com. PreciousTimberProfits.com. edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Uh, what's going on uh, geopolitically? What's going on with Syria? What's going on in, with North Korea? What's going on with Russia? What's going on with China? Well, these are the answers that we're going to be, or these are the questions that we're going to be answering or have answered for us uh, with our guests. Uh, folks, Minuteman rocket stove, you need one, you need one, you need one. End of story, period. That's it. Uh, go to MinutemanStove.com. MinutemanStove.com. It's a biomass burning stove. It's a it's a rocket stove. It's the Cadillac of rocket stoves. I'm going to tell you right now, you will not find any better rocket stove. We, we've tested many. This is our this is our rocket stove, our official rocket stove, stamp of approval. And uh, they're made in America. They're serving with our troops. And you cannot get anything. You can, if, if I have to explain why you need one, then, then man, I, I, I think Green Acres might be on, on syndication. I'll go watch that. MinutemanRocketStove.com. Minuteman, I'm sorry, MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. MinutemanStove.com. And, and while you're there, check out the fire starters and the different array of utensils, including pots and, and such. Yeah, so they got the, stuff, uh, the new, and folks who are watching on YouTube, you can see on the left hand side the new frying pans and, uh, the, the new grill trays, which are uh, the square skillet trays. And as well as, uh, they have fire starters and, and battery packs there. So go to MinutemanStove.com. Now, we have uh, with us in this segment, in this hour, U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel Sarja Sangari, who is the CEO of Near East Center for Strategic Engagement and the founder of the United Assyrian Appeal. He has six years of combat deployment in the Middle East with 22 Special Forces missions, 144 combat patrols, uh, as well as a a number of other um, uh, numerous Accolades, and he was just a, uh, accorded the diplomatic status uh, in Kuwait as director of host nations affairs. He's a previous guest, and he is joined uh, by Emmanuel, and I'm, I'm going to screw this name up, uh, Yokanawa. No, 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 Kashaba. <laughs> oh, okay. Kishaba. There's a there's you're a, looking. There's a word after his last name that should. You're uh, look. Yeah, the, 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 that's bad <laughs> copy. That's you're looking up some bad copy there. <laughs> What do you, what do you think? That's good. There you go. I, when's the last time you really laughed? You know, <laughs> we're going to bring on Mr. Sangari first. Uh, Mr. Sangari, welcome back to the show. Uh, great to have you back <laughs> from Yokohama. It's good to be back, and I'm glad to be uh, on the site today with one of the Japanese diplomats, Mr. Yokohama. Uh, <laughs> but uh, all in all, uh, 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 yes. <laughs> 
um, all in all, we're doing good, guys. Uh, we've uh, it's been a pleasure. I know we we're trying to be in studio. The timeline just didn't allow us, but our plan is to visit with you guys after our DC trip this week uh, to see you guys either uh, on a Thursday evening or possibly fr- Friday morning. So interesting. Yeah, it's. It, I got to tell you, Colonel, it's. It, We've been. We just got back from Chicago, and and you're in Chicago. Well, I'm wherever. I don't know where you are, but in that area, I suppose. And uh, the the country. This is a big country, by the way. If you've ever driven, I mean, it's a big country. So, uh, well, well, we'll see about hooking up. But uh, Joe, we were talking, Colonel, before the uh, before the show, we were talking about wanting to get, wanting to get your take on a couple of geopolitical issues very quickly. Uh, yeah, you said you had a question about North Korea. Um, or an item about that. Yeah, let's start there. Um, yeah, we could start in North Korea. I mean, everything is related. Uh, one thing I always said uh, to my soldiers when I was in the Army, I said, you can't just look at a region that we're responsible for and say that these are battle spaces, areas of interest. And in a geopolitical sphere, those are interests are the entire globe. It is what we literally call the human domain and the entire planet. So uh, nuances of this uh, closed network community are very important. Um, you have to simplify what's happening in North Korea. And if I was to simplify it, I would say, it's very, you know, as I would tell um, uh, my soldiers in any assessment, a weapon is either used for offensive or defensive purposes, period. Now, the question we have to ask, is North Korea trying to develop an offensive capability or a defensive capability? If it is an offensive capability, who is it going to use it against? The most recent um, uh, missile uh, test that they did is not going to reach uh, U.S. territories unless it's certain basings that U.S. has in the region. Uh, so it's really, if it's using an offensive capability again, uh, it would be used to threaten our friends or allies in the region, Japan, Korea, and any other allies we have, to include Australia. Uh, now, with that said, uh, if it is being used for defensive purposes, who is North Korea afraid of? And who are the friends that North Korea has? Because remember, North Korea can't hit us directly in the U.S. mainland. Uh, they're going to threaten our friends. Reality is that North Korea, as much as it's an isolated regime, has friends itself. And those friends, in this case, would be China, would be Russia, uh, anyone who is strategically against the American interests on the global scale. That being the case, just like North Korea would be pre- putting pressure on our allies, we have to put pressure on uh, North Korean allies. Uh, and in this specific case, uh, just like uh, President Trump has done the POTUS by making sure that China is aware that this is an issue that China needs to be deeply engaged in. They cannot any longer, as we have said, we have no strategic uh, patience for what North Korea is doing. Um, now, one thing we've seen under the current administration, which is a change from the previous administration, is that the current administration pressures and negotiates pressures and negotiates. We strike uh, areas in uh, Syria and uh, the airfield that we hit should be understood that North Korea was also tied specifically to that Syrian airfield. They were bringing in weapons 
that were going to Hezbollah forces in the Syria region, which are threatening our allies, in this case our strategic debt partner, which is Israel. So hitting a specific target in Syria sends a message all the way across to Asia. And in this case, when you pressure them, now you can bring them to the negotiation tables. As of two days ago, North Korean officials, um, uh, Mr. Cho Sun, he he stated that uh, North Korea is willing to negotiate um, on uh, certain terms. Now, it doesn't matter what those terms are. Uh, it doesn't matter that uh, they want to come to the position or the table to negotiate from position of power, which is the reason they could be conducting these missiles. So the reality is that the pressure worked. We got them to say that we're willing to sit down and negotiate. Now, once you pressure somebody and want to bring them to the table, the next step would be to be able to put additional pressures on them by putting pressure on their friends. In this case, Russia has already condemned what happened. Putin himself did so with the newest uh, missile test. At the same time, pressure on China to make sure that there's economic pressures on North Korea. The other thing we need to do is we need to take this work that has to be done at an international community level and divide it amongst our partners. This is something that we could put in the lap of the UN, in this case, when it comes to the specifics of the um, Security Council, and say, okay, Security Council, start addressing it. Put additional pressures on Korea, in this case, North Korea. The, the problem we run into, and I think this is where sometimes the press, our own press is detrimental to us, Every time a missile takes takes place and we make it bigger than it is, uh, what we're doing is we're basically allowing a regime like North Korea to say, okay, that means our pressure is working. So now I could go to the table from a position of strength. Imagine if the North Korean story became a non-story. We didn't even bother to cover it. We didn't make it as big of a deal as it is. Now North Korea realized that they're under pressure, they're willing to come to the table, but their missile tests are not working to where they would be in a position of advantage at the table. Now you can start tracing down who are the characters behind that pressure point. And if North Korea realizes that China's not going to support it, Russia's not going to support it, you may see a earlier, um, much more adequate uh, requirement uh, for the U.S. side, which could help us in the strategic long run in Asia, and that would be a win against North Korea diplomatically. Okay. I don't know. I hope that helps. Yeah, it does. It, no, it, definitely. Uh, do, well, okay, just to kind of be clear about this, in, in your view, based on your experience, your information, your analysis, you, you're not seeing North Korea as the threat that the press, the media, the uh, the perception that it, that it is right now. Is, is that kind of what I'm getting? Well, I mean, the most recent missile test that they did can only reach some of our basings close to Australia. Okay. So, frankly, if you're not hitting my mainland, Washington's under threat, under a threat, for me, I have to use that as a leverage in negotiations. Okay. Um, and I think that's one thing that maybe the press is missing. Uh, it's like a two-year-old crying, and if the more attention you give them, the more they think they have a position on leverage. The less attention you give them, they realize that's not working. They have to suddenly start negotiating with the parent. 
Uh, um, yeah, a very apt uh, analogy, yeah. to be sure. Uh, with us is uh, U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel, uh, retired, of course, Sergeant Sangari. He's the CEO of the Near East Center for Strategic Development and the founder of United Syrian Appeal. Also with us is um, Manuel Kashaba. He's the Commander-in-Chief of the Assyrian Army and uh, was born in Kirkuk. Uh, in case you haven't heard him before, he represented the Assyrian people for the Nineveh province and is founding, uh, is the, in the founding conference of the new Iraqi, uh, parliament back in 03. And, uh, very active in, um, well, very active in, in geopolitical affairs, including the United Assyrian Appeal.org, uh, which is an organization that helps the families of Assyrian Christian soldiers. Now, um, uh, be, before we bring, uh, the commander on, uh, a couple of things we want to talk about is the fact that the president, uh, Donald Trump, has made trips to Saudi Israel, Saudi Arabia, Israel, Italy, to visit all the major religions or will be making uh, in, in his first foreign trip. And also the new uh, various anti-Christian declarations in Iraq. Go ahead. We're, I don't even know where to start on so let's this. Let's start with the, the trip, uh, the post, yeah. the first one of his first foreign trips. Um, I'll throw it to you, Mr. Sangari, and then we'll go to Emmanuel. Um, do you see, what do you see coming out of this trip? Is this just getting a lay of the land, the, the, uh, diplomatic stuff, or do you expect, um, some deals and, and some things to, to happen on these trips? Um, well, I think Emmanuel can talk in details about it, uh, knowing what the effects are on the Christians. From a Christian perspective, I would tell you, especially certain Christians, uh, just, and let's take the example of what I mentioned with North Korea, how we have put pressure on China and Russia. We could use the diplomatic pressure through the UN to force North Korea to toe the line or come to the negotiation tables. Um, and the same thing, I think, needs to happen. For the Assyrians, nothing has changed, and I think Emmanuel will tell you that. We've had two different administrations currently. We've had multiple meetings here that we've been asked to come back to, and it's a positive in that aspect, but until the United States, Western nations, um, Israel, and all other nations that have an interest in making sure that the root of Christianity is preserved in the Middle East, puts pressure on governments of Baghdad, on the Kurdish regional government, on Turkey, on Syria, on any other government where the Assyrians are currently um, suffering. Uh, then nothing will change. Uh, Mosul's about to be liberated, if you want to call it that, when it comes to ISIS operations. And uh, as soon as Mosul is uh, liberated, we can say that ISIS is defeated. But the man who will tell you just recently, one of the uh, uh, religious clerics in uh, Iraq, one of the top religious clerics in Iraq, turned around and said the same thing that ISIS says, uh, which is that uh, the Christians are the people of the book and they should be killed. So what's changed there? You kill a guy who was wearing an ISIS uniform, the ideology hasn't gone away. You want to help me as an Assyrian Christian? Go and put pressure on the Baghdad government and say, this will stop. Now, Ayatollah Sistani, which is the Grand Ayatollah in Iraq, came out and condemned it. He didn't say it's not true what the cleric has said, because it is part of what is written in the Quran, and those are some of the dictates that ISIS has used in order to attack Christian Assyrians. In the most recent video that just came out, again, they're attacking Christian Assyrian uh, reliefs. Christian Assyrians as of today, as we had talked last time, uh, 100% of our towns have been looted, um, 60% destroyed. 
inside and out structurally, uh, 75% burnout, I should say, inside and out. So nothing's changed for us uh, until just like you're putting pressure on a North Korea, U.S. starts putting pressure on these various different uh, leaders of Islam. One of the articles we had written in the Near East Center for Strategic Engagement uh, a while back ago was uh, who speaks on behalf of Islam or who should speak on behalf of Islam. And in this case, if Saudi Arabia, which is the keeper of the two largest Islamic cities, cannot make a statement that says that what is being done to the Christian Assyrians of the Middle East is uh, an absolute genocide and it would not be tolerated, then uh, it's kind of useless for us, whoever is the president. So my recommendation is, just like we have seen under the current president, you pressure, you negotiate, pressure, negotiate. When you're uh, meeting with Saudis, pressure them and then negotiate with them. Go to Jerusalem, whoever you're meeting with, pressure and then negotiate. When you're going sitting down with the Vatican, pressure and then negotiate. Uh, and if you do it in that fashion, then I think you'll see a positive for the Christian Assyrians. Until then, again, like I said, if you go back, there's a lot of positive feeling in the, um, um, in the State Department and the National Security Council, which recently Emmanuel uh, and I uh, and our team sat down and talked with. But at the end, it's just words, unless you're willing as a world community collectively to pressure the various different leaders who say we are the leaders of Islam in order to make sure that the dialogue that is coming out of their mosques, words that are coming out of their mouths, and what is being put on paper constitutionally does not eradicate the Christian Assyrians. So a rose by any other color is still a rose. You could call it ISIS or you could call it the current Iraqi leadership, in this case of this imam who is part of the governmental system. What's, this, what's the difference? What did you achieve? Okay. Uh, Emmanuel, I'm going to ask you this, and I'm not sure um, if, if you've seen this yet, but, but uh, Mr. Sangari just mentioned it. The latest uh, between the what's happening in Iraq and in Mosul, uh, from what I understand, there were some updates today, and a number of ISIS fighters were killed as the, the Iraqi troops um, launched an assault. How much more do we... How close are they to liberating Mosul? Uh, at first, uh, thank you for having me, Swergman, uh, uh, and I return again to, to your program. It is a pleasure to me uh, to meet you, your audience. And uh, uh, really, that uh, I, I will begin from the... Uh, what you ask about the trip of President Trump uh, to 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 the Middle East, to Italy first, and the Middle East okay. uh, second. Uh, what I think that uh, Mr. Trump he will visit Vatican and meet the Pope to see what is his vision for the for the Christianity in the in the Middle East. And how they can uh, uh, both uh, to to let the Christianity live in the in the Middle East, and uh, for the travel to to Saudi Arabia to uh, uh, meet with the other leaders of of uh, 
uh, of the uh, Islamic states and uh, uh, sorry, Islamic countries. Uh, uh, that means uh, he will he will do uh, the the same thing that uh, bring the allies and uh, uh, for more discussion about two more files that uh, among them is Iran, among them is the terrorism, the fanatic Islam, uh, everything. Because what uh, uh, Sergis, Lieutenant Colonel Sergis uh, Sangari mentioned that even today, today, when when you see a top cleric of the Shia uh, 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 mention that the, uh, the 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 rules of the Christianity in Islam is to pay or to kill or 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 uh, to convert to Islam. So here we didn't see the same the the change between Sunnah and Shia. So this is this is the reality, and the reality we can defeat Daesh on the ground, but can we defeat them in uh, 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 the in the in the mentality? That was the, my question from the beginning until now. We are facing. Uh, uh, we have too many examples. One family uh, returned to Mosul, returned to their home in Mosul city. Uh, 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 they, they have a nightmare when their neighbors attack them and uh, 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 tell them that they are kuffar. They are they are uh, against Allah. They are so so. We we don't see that the Christianity will stay in in in, in future in Mosul. Everybody will will uh, 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 sell that what we have there and uh, uh, go out from from Mosul city. We need we need that the support to stay there at that uh, at that area. Uh, about about the uh, Iraqi fighting uh, uh, against Daesh, what I think is. Uh, uh, the Iraqi forces can can finish that uh, uh, fight in in uh, 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 as soon as possible. But they want, as I think, they want to do it uh, until uh, 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 the same day, maybe maybe same day or before uh, uh, their first uh, month Ramadan will begin. They will they will finish it. So, but uh, uh, the number is really is uh, a huge number, more than uh, uh, both in east and west coast. Maybe more than eight thousand uh, uh, fighters being killed. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, this is this is the reality that the Iraqi uh, uh, forces have too many casualties uh, too. Yes. Okay. Um, we got about two and a half minutes before the break. Uh, uh, Mr. Sangari, I'm going to ask you this. There was a, um, I don't have the, the report in front of me, but I believe the U- United States began funding, um, do you remember, Dad? Was it the, the Kurds? I don't want to. I don't want to misspeak either. Yeah, I don't want to misspeak. But the, the, 
the United States talked about um, funding a group there that was separate from the Syrian rebels and uh, apparently was something that I'll, I'll find it here let's let's go back to the uh, yeah I think you're talking about the uh, supplies for the Kurdish in order to conduct operations in Iraq for the clearing up Iraq if I'm not mistaken right but it was a very it was a very narrow very narrow support well I mean that's what's going to happen look reality is uh, uh, that support can be given to the Kurds and the Kurds will take it but the Turks have said that the Kurds in Syria are all members of the PKK. They're a terrorist group, and we will attack them. So uh, Kurds might get weapons, but don't be surprised if the Turks bomb them in the process. That's an issue that has to be discussed between U.S. and Turkey. Um, and you, Turkey has already attacked uh, Kurdish uh, positions to include killing Peshmerga, both in Syria and Iraq, uh, because they want to ensure that the... Kurdish um, footprint, terror, in this case they call them terrorists, does not expand into the region and uh, into their country. So they will fight those individuals. So uh, you believe this is just a, a very temporary thing? Do, do you agree with Trump's plan to uh, directly arm uh, the Kurds or not? It's up to President Trump. Right now uh, you're limited in what you have in Syria, thanks to the previous administration. As I told you last program, when Russia is running around with uh, hunter-killer teams, you have to have deep roots into those communities and that means you have s- specific key points that are under your protection and uh, that uh, you have uh, you're stronger at the negotiation table so if that's all you have then maybe that's all uh, they're going to use but I don't think that's going to work well for the United States in the long run uh, because those Kurds and whoever is supporting him that goes into Iraq. I will eventually be killed by the Turks anyway, and probably the Russians. Interesting. And, folks, I, I don't think we can get any better analysis of the Syrian situation, Iraq, Syria, Afghanistan, than our two guests, of course, Colonel Sargas Sangari and also um, Commander Emmanuel Kashaba. Kashaba. Kashaba, yes. Yokonama. Gotta, gotta apologize again for that's on, uh, the, that's on the Japanese uh, yeah, the, menu. We get uh, sheets um, and yeah, we get was, a sheet printed out, and that worry. name was added to the to the end of your name for some reason. And I, well, I, I see where that I see where that originated. No, yeah, no worries. Uh, we're we're going up against the break right now. Again, don't make fun of us, Colonel. <laughs> you know, you 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 might be able to fight and be armed, but I'm. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, our, our I've been guess. I've been called Sanjuri. I've been called uh, every other name possible. So at least I've been compared to a drink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel Sergeant Sangari is with us, and Emmanuel uh, Koshaba is our guest. He's a commander in chief of the Assyrian Army, and we're gonna be back when we come. We're gonna be right back when we come back. We're gonna talk about the uh, Assyrian yeah. support under the new administration. We're going to talk about the Al Raqqa clearing operations and the Christian militaries in Syria. Program director, I got to say this, program director and producer, John is in the house. In the house. That's right. All right. Oh, oh. wait. No, he's leaving. come back.
Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Folks, I'm going to direct your attention to masterpreps.com, masterpreps.com. Wow. Uh, masterpreps.com, uh, the sponsor of our show, masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you possibly want from uh, cooking uh, utensils, uh, cooking frying pans. To, I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Eric said. It's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family. Masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? Hi, I'm Grace Gonzalez from Chang Post in the Woods. We are an American family-owned company founded and built on skills and knowledge gained from responding to 18 major disasters in the U.S. and around the world. We found that most people don't have enough food and water to survive, let alone any medicinals to save their life. We're offering 25% off our must-have American Heritage Armies kit. It contains 12 homeopathic armies, a booklet that goes over everything in your kit, and our brand new book, Major Disasters Lessons Learned. Just enter coupon code HAGMAN. In life or a disaster, you must be able to take care of yourself. You may not be a medical doctor, and your grandmother and your great-grandmother probably weren't either, but they still knew how to minister to their family's health issues, and so can you. Check out our American Heritage Journeys kit at www.changepersonwoods.com. Your life may depend on it. This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. You can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. so much for your belief and trust in us. just want to just thank you. Thank you. Uh, two men of, uh, of great integrity and, and two great men, I believe, great men, um, real, I, I hesitate to use this term, but freedom fighters, fighters for freedom, fighters for peace, um, Colonel Sargas Sangari and Commander Emmanuel Kashaba are on with us. I would urge all of you to support their endeavors. Go to our program description, click the link to the uh, United Assyrian Appeal and support what they're doing. They're out there on the front lines, literally on the front lines, 
or coordinating the same. And it, it's these gentlemen who are making the difference. It's not the United States. It's not others. It's these people who are making the difference. And we bring you them with uh, with much joy. And uh, I, I, I'll tell you what, knowing what knowing what I know about about these individuals, these fine men, get behind them. Get behind them, or beside them. Either way, they're doing a great job. Before we get back to them, Pred Defense, Pred Defense, P R E D, Pred Defense dot com. You know, many people, even those in uniform, have been using shotguns for decades. No one disputes the incredible firepower of the shotgun or the need for the need for one. Period. What is a, can be problematic is Reloading, the fastest way to get the shell into an empty chamber. Okay, people have been trained on how to reload from a side saddle, but that takes a lot of time, precious time. You usually end up taking your eyes off the target, and you know what happens from there. Well, Pred Defense has a solution. You need a way. You need a way to get rap, uh, to rapidly get that fresh shell into the chamber using gross motor skills. Now you have a way to do that. I would encourage you to take a look at PredDefense.com. That's P-R-E-D, PredDefense.com. They have a solution, a patented solution, that I really think you'll appreciate. If you have any questions, you can contact the owner, uh, Mr. Paul Clinton, and he'll he'll do you well. Just let them know you heard it on the Hagman and Hagman Report. Joe, I'm going to kick it over to you um, for the continuation. This is great great stuff here. Again, we're with uh, Lieutenant Colonel Sangari and Emmanuel Kosheba. Uh, and Emmanuel, I'm going to throw this question at you. Uh, the new anti-Christian declarations in Iraq. What's going on with this? Uh, uh, actually, uh, the new uh, declaration uh, that uh, we want to, as a Syrian Christian, to see our future in, in, in that side of, of uh, country. So uh, we, uh, uh, as political parties, uh, uh, we put our 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 uh, uh, thoughts on on the ground uh, about the future of uh, Nineveh Plain, and uh, we we uh, even even we have. Uh, support of the church, Syriac church, Catholic and Orthodox, both sides, they support those uh, uh, thoughts uh, and those demands uh, uh, from the government and from the uh, uh, international uh, community. So, the reality, Mr. Hagman, is that and this kind of circumstances and situation around around you around let me say this like a Syrian Christian or other minorities non-muslim minorities it's very difficult to live or to gather with with the, uh, uh, the other uh, uh, of uh, the other sides of the uh, uh, Iraqi communities, I mean the major uh, of the Iraqi communities, and uh, they are the Muslim, both sides of Islam, Sunnah and Shia. 
because the the book is one book and uh, there's no different uh, uh, between the thoughts even they have the different between uh, uh, how to to uh, make the the book became uh, a reality i mean the way of the bring the their book to the to the ground and to the reality so it's now uh, really it's very uh, critical time for our community for our assyrian christian people <coughs> sorry and if we don't have the support from the new administration to let us live there it will, it will be very difficult and we as as the minorities we will be like the jewish community uh, happened to them in 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 iraq before uh, in 1950s so uh, uh, it's now the ball in the in the uh, uh, new administration field and we bring our fears uh, when we uh, met uh, uh, our team Sergis and I uh, with with the rest of teams uh, with national security council uh, uh, we put our fears on the table and we talk about that so we hope that the new administration will uh, uh, see the reality and as we see from from uh, uh, the statement and the speech of, of Vice President Mike Pence that uh, uh, give us a little hope that the new administration is going forward to support uh, our community to to live in dignity. Yes. Um, Mr. S- Mr. Sangari, have we seen any changes with this new administration uh, as far as uh, with the Assyrians or any other group that is fighting ISIS? Have we seen any uh, extra cooperation uh, or even attempts uh, at furthering the relationship? The desire is there. Uh, the words that are being used, as uh, Commander Hoshaba said, Vice President Pence recently said that really Christianity started from Jerusalem, Urdun, and uh, Nineveh. And that's correct. That's where the root of Christianity started. Um, the declaration we at the uh, National Security Council was the same day that the uh, POTUS uh, approved the uh, uh, new uh, religious uh, mandate that was uh, placed for our country here as far as giving more of a voice to the Christian uh, communities or the religious communities here in the United States. Uh, however, again, I go back to the reality on the ground. What is said at the diplomatic level does not change anything for the reality of what the Syrians are looking at currently. Unless you have a plan and you're willing to enforce that plan, and all we can do for the United States, when they ask us, we give them what we believe is a plan that will work for the U.S. and the Syrians uh, in order for them to be able to be enduring partners, not just to each other, 
but at the same time to the state of Israel that recently celebrated 69 years of hard-fought establishment and existence where they bled on a daily basis uh, for the right to exist. For the Assyrians uh, who established Iraq, the Assyrians sacrificed established Iraq, for the Assyrians who uh, fought against the Germans, defeated them in the uh, Mosul oil fields in World War II, that did not allow Germany to be able to have a backdoor into Russia and defeat the Allies. For the Assyrians who fought even under the uh, previous uh, leadership, uh, where we lost 50,000 Assyrians in combat against Iran and Iraq, and unfortunately majority of them were shot in the head by their own uh, commands uh, in battle um, for the fact that we've suffered and died and since the United States entrance into Iraq uh, our people were displaced why because the mentality that is either shared by the Saddam leadership that shoots a certain Christians who are fighting on behalf of the country in the back of the head to get rid of them, or by the Shia leadership that takes to the stage uh, while Assyrians are serving under the Shia forces that are fighting in Iraq and Mosul and says that these individuals should be killed, pay a jizya, or convert, while at the same time uh, you have the Sunnis under ISIS that are destroying our heritage, destroying our cities, for us to have bled to keep a footprint for Christianity alive in the Middle East, while everybody else is not bleeding at the level we are going to genocide we are, and while the Western nations arm the same individuals who are causing our orphans, killing our people, one of the biggest things that has happened to us when our women were taken off the uh, uh, out of their houses and villages, a lot of them were human traffic directly through Saudi Arabia. Is President Trump going to go there and put pressure on Saudi and say, release these women, hunt down the individuals who are holding these women that are Christian or Syrian women and return them back to their home? That's not going to happen. I hope it does. Is the world community going to stand up and say, stop killing these Assyrians who have been dying for us? Stop arming their enemies, causing them to die because we keep on sinking money into lost causes, whether it be the, the Kurdish cause that, that we've been putting money into Sunni Muslim Kurdish coffers since the 60s. The Russians and the Americans have been doing. And you're not even going to give them a country. Why? Because you know what would happen if you gave them a country. They're no different than anyone who came before them. Whether it be Saddam Hussein, whose mentality is what they push through their tribalism or their corruption or anyone else in the region. And now you're dealing with the uh, with the Shia who are intent on having a footprint. As Ayatollah Khomeini said, the road to Jerusalem starts from Karbala all the way into Jerusalem against your strategic debt partner. So make the simple call. We have bled on the battlefield. We deserve somebody to come in and relieve us in this fight give us a breather we've been dying for you and you've been benefiting reaping the benefits 
for your existence based on what we have been doing in the region. Look, the United States has a very simple choice under the current leadership. Repeat the same mistakes that the British made when they decided to replace the Syrians in the region and support the uh, Arab tribesmen, put them in charge of Iraq because they figured that they could strike a better deal with them for oil. Where is it? Britain now, 100 years later? They barely can put a division together to be able to do anything on a global scale as a global leader. They've lost the, the advantage in the seaway to a nation like the United States and they barely can get anything done at a world stage where it will be influential enough in order for them to be able to expand their footprint like they had done in the past. Same thing, U.S., if you support the current actors in the region, as you have been doing, you will suffer the same fate that the British did. You don't want, it's not going to hurt us. Uh, Commander Emmanuel and I, we're not getting any benefits <laughs> from uh, from any support that is supposed to be coming to the Assyrian Christians. Um, the only support we get is from uh, men and women who have donated to at least allow us to support or the um, Assyrian multi-families. At the long run, if you decide to help eradicate the Assyrian Christians and not give them a footprint in their own homeland, uh, then uh, it's going to cost you. It's not going to cost me. It's going to cost you as a nation. And it will be a black mark uh, on you for the future and you will probably suffer the consequences a hundred years from now, where you have to deal with uh, negotiating with the uh, um, uh, children of uh, ISIS, uh, which you did not eradicate, and you did not support the Assyrian Christians when you had the opportunity. And, and um, Colonel, this is uh, at the at the root of it. This is what we need to really discuss. It's the same here in the United States. It is a festering problem that will only get worse. If it's not addressed now, it's only going to get worse over time. And it's not necessarily the, the so-called moderates that we see now, their offspring will become radicalized based on a number of things. But we're going to be having to address this problem, not us perhaps, but our children, if it's not if it's not nipped in the bud right now. And we all have that this opportunity to help um, via uh, Colonel Sangari's um, organization. And I think we need to do that because if not us, who? And if not now, are you content to leave this to your children and other generations and imagine that mess? Joe, go ahead. Yeah, um, uh, moving forward here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to um, uh, Emmanuel. The the Al Raqqa clearing operations and Christian militaries in Syria. Uh, can you give us an update on those? Actually, the Kurdish and you know the Syria Democratic uh, uh, Forces, uh, which they are uh, supported by the coalition force at the United States of America. Uh, they are uh, trying to go forward uh, uh, in uh, in the uh, to clear the uh, the capital uh, uh, of the Islamic State uh, uh, Iraq. And uh, what's going on now is uh, the. 
coalition force, uh, American and uh, 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 United Kingdom, Britain forces, are cleaning to cut the routes between uh, the area of uh, uh, Iraqi border, Al-Bukamal uh, area, from Araqqa to the, so they cannot have the support became uh, uh, over over the the uh, Iraqi borders uh, when they start to to clean uh, the uh, that area uh, uh, that city and what we see in al tabqa dam maybe that will happen in Araqqa when uh, Araqqa battle when it will begin even uh, they have uh, the uh, Syrian forces, democratic forces, that is the majority are courts, uh, uh, have negotiation with, with the uh, uh, Islamic State uh, uh, fighters for uh, more than one week till they surround it. So uh, uh, maybe, maybe that will, we will see it in the same thing or same phase uh, 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 when they when they know that the Araqqa will be surrounded from everywhere, uh, so they cannot uh, uh, fight uh, uh, in the in the middle of the uh, city and between the citizens. So now uh, it's going forward. Uh, I think what 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 we think now is. Uh, uh, we will return to the to the same question because in Syria uh, uh, they have complicated uh, 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 situation than than Iraq. Iraq is the only problem is Daesh now for the Iraqi government. What I mean, and in Syria it is a very complicated situation because there are uh, uh, Syrian regime. And they are uh, uh, rebels uh, uh, supported. There are too many uh, uh, fanatic Muslims uh, uh, organizations like Sarai al Kharasal, like Al Qaeda, like uh, Daesh. So too many complicated situation. But uh, uh, I think. Uh, at the end, we will we will came to 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 end this uh, uh, situation. But the more important thing for the coalition forces is how to to uh, 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 retook a because the the uh, the meaning of this uh, capital of Islamic State will it will liberate it. That be given a, a, a great meaning that. The coalition force win the war against Daesh, who turned the war in the in the last uh, uh, four or uh, three or four years. Yes. Okay, and uh, um, we have about five minutes left of this interview, so I want to make sure um, we get these these last question in um, no, for both. I guess. Yeah, we have a, a few more issues here, but let's, uh, let's just go with this. Mr. Sangari, from 2003 to today, um, how has the U.S. foreign, well, we've talked about how the U.S. foreign policy has affected Assyrian Christians. 
we also talked about the you know arming the the rebels. Let's say that ISIS was eliminated from Syria and Iraq. Do you believe that the rebels would step up to fill their shoes, or do you believe that once ISIS is subdued, there will be room for um, working together? Uh, I think I'd rather have the commander uh, answer this, but my little piece on it, I would tell you, is you don't have any enduring allies in the region. You, we have sat at the State Department, at the Pentagon, um, and we have said, you have no choice. You eventually will have to understand that you have to have an enduring partner. And the only enduring partner you have in the region right now that is like philosophy, like-minded, like desires is the Assyrian Christians. And the Assyrian Christians have bled enough in the region, have died enough, and they're still dying today. And most of them are dying because the enemy can't get to you, so he comes and kills us. He cannot rape your women, so he rapes our women. Look, that's the only option you have. And if you don't want to work with that option, you want to go somewhere else, go right ahead. But you can never say, I never gave you the option. You can never say that the certain Christians didn't stand by you and said, we're here to work together to eliminate this enemy, and we've traveled this road. And we are telling you, you are making the same mistake the Brits made a 100 years ago, so it ain't going to change. With that said, I'd rather have the commander discuss exactly uh, what the implications are based on what has happened to us, and eventually U.S. will understand. Uh, they can conceive, contrive whatever they want. You got probably a short window of three to six months to figure it out. Otherwise, uh, you'll bring other global superpowers into the region. You'll probably bring the Russians in. You'll probably bring the Chinese in a larger footprint that you have. And if the Chinese and the Russians start fighting each other for uh, a larger footprint in the region, it isn't going to cost the globe. Um, it's going to cost the globe a lot. Uh, I should say, and it's not going to be a good thing. We won't have a say in the next war that might take place. Emmanuel, go ahead, please. Yeah, uh, uh, I'll, I will. I will talk uh, in, in uh, another uh, vision. Uh, uh, if we discuss what, what, why this situation in the Middle East, why we have those kind of problems in in the Middle East. Uh, we we can easily find that uh, 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 all of that begin because we have uh, uh, Israel uh, in the Middle East. So, how you can bring the peace to Israel? Actually, the God told us, and the, our books, our religions told us how to to bring the peace to Israel and that is written in, in, in Old Testament in Old Testament uh, in Isaiah uh, uh, I think it's uh, 21 to uh, 40, 42 something like this uh, 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 at the time will be will begin uh, 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 there will be built highway from 
from Assyria to, to Egypt, at that time, Israel will have the peace. So, the God give you the, the, the situation how you can, you can bring the peace to that, to that area, to Middle East. We see that the moral commitment to the United States administration is how to help the uh, uh, Christianity to stand and face all the situation and all the dangers that they have at that area. Give them the help to, to stand in their country. And uh, my last word may be to all the American people. I want to say uh, thank you for you uh, for support for support us and uh, 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 I demand uh, if you if you can pray for the uh, Christianity to and to the people who are defend uh, uh, the Christianity and the Assyrian as Assyrian uh, community uh, uh, to to live in their in their uh, uh, area and their cities and for the we pray for the uh, uh, all soldiers all veterans that uh, uh, help us and uh, 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 actually give us the hope that the international community we will see at the end uh, that they will help the, the people who are in need and appreciate that for you, uh, uh, both of you. Uh, Commander, th- thank you. Ahead. Commander, thank you. We're up against a hard break. And uh, Colonel, thank you as well. And, and, and support them at the unitedassyrianappeal.org. Uh, Mr. Sangari, uh, we'll be Manuel, talking about it. Thank you for, for coming on tonight. We're up against the break right now. we got to go. But it's uh, been a blessing, and you guys take care. We'll, we'll talk with you later this week. All right. We'll do. God bless. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you both. True, true heroes. We'll be right back. Thank you. You gave us a voice. We'll be right back with Josh Kaplan after this. Don't go anywhere. About a space between dimensions where supernatural beings can walk. He says that these novels are a warning from the creator to his creation. Will war come to America? Will the world's economies collapse? Are we looking at increased earthquakes and volcanic activity? Will the United States fall into civil war? You can find all of Daniel's work at his website, danielholdings.com. That's danielholdings.com. All of these things and more are talked about in Daniel's books. To find out what's coming next, go to danielholdings.com. Worldwide demand is making coconuts one of the highest-yielding cash crops available today. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and many high-net-worth individuals have invested billions of dollars into coconuts for strong growth and solid long-term income. Yields could be as high as 18% or more per year. Capital appreciation and exceptional income for up to 60 long years would be an absolutely brilliant investment to pass on to future generations. Diversify wisely with direct ownership of fully managed coconuts on prime farmland close to the beautiful Costa Rican border. 
For more information, qualified accredited investors should go to ProfitsInCoconuts.com or phone 855-888-6288. That's 855-888-6288. This announcement does not constitute an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offer made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288 or visit ProfitsInCoconuts.com. ProfitsInCoconuts.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. At HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman Hagman Report. Josh Kaplan, VesselNews.io. Let me tell you something. Bookmark that website. Vessel News. Bookmark that website, folks. You're going to be wanting to uh, pay very close attention to that website. Very close attention. Do you do you have the uh, yeah. update? Okay. And before we get to, to Mr. Kaplan, I want to bring you a quick word from one of our sponsors, from Greenovative. Alan Riggs was just on our show last week, this Wednesday, last, with a, yeah. another breakthrough announcement for their amazing saltwater powered battery charger. They figured out how to triple the output of the power pucks for the battery charger, and now each pair of power pucks will charge about three hundred batteries instead of just the just over a hundred batteries as the previous. Uh, packs did. This is a tremendous improvement at a savings to you. The more power packs you buy, the more you can save. Um, you may want to consider also uh, the Super GMAG complete units uh, and that they would arrive prior to hurricane season, as Alan Riggs points out, as we're, we're right up against the, uh, the beginning of the, the hurricane season and the uh, uh, end of the tornado season, but June 1st is the, is the day that starts. And he points out that, you know, during the hurricane season and, and in times all across the country where we run into natural disasters, uh, couple that with the political turmoil around the world, that this makes an excellent case for being prepared. And Greenovative products work as advertised, and they could very well save your life. Folks, go to greenovative.com, and again, check out the Super GMAG complete units, as well as, if you've already bought those, the additional power pucks where Mr. Riggs found out that they can... Uh, do three times more power, Scott. Power, more exactly. power, three Scotty. times the power. So again, go to greenovative.com and see if they have uh, what you would need to help yourself out in an emergency. You will be glad you did it. That's greenovative.com. Vesselnews.io. Josh Kaplan. He's every morning I check his website out, and every uh, look. Uh, uh, some people rely on Drudge Vessel News. Um, I, I can't say. I, I could just say that they are. Josh Kaplan is the guy. Um, 
Hey, Matt, move over. <laughs> move over, buddy. Josh, man, it's good to have you. So, thanks for thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, you know, although although we we did Joe we, uh, Joe and I talked about the. Uh, don't tell anyone. We talked about the Washington Post, uh, the story about the the Russian hacks. Only because we, I can't wait till tomorrow morning. I want to see Mika Brzezinski. I want to see her face melt. Oh yeah, the, um, you know these people are going to. I just, I do. I mean, they're already, you know, having mental breakdowns and panic attacks, and you know they believe this is the, uh, you know, that this is the the beginning and end all of of impeachment evidence and all that's needed. But. But but see Joe but see no, no, he, Josh on the other hand North Korea behind the ransomware attack question mark Possibly. let's start sure. there let's sure. start there right so uh, those that are visiting vesselnews.io could see that our lead right now is the uh, case that's coming out right now from Reuters uh, that two security uh, agencies are now. Uh, creating a link between North Korea and the ransomware hackers. To me, that's the biggest story because of the wide-ranging implications. Uh, simply put, there's been much rattle uh, savoring between both North Korea and the United States, and many believe that we're headed towards war, and this could set off a world war, World War III. So I think the implications of North Korea being involved in an international hacking scheme could be means for the West to galvanize support to launch an attack on them, not only unilaterally from the United States' standpoint, but perhaps bring in other nations as well, a coalition as we've seen in previous foreign wars. And what I'll say is this, is not to defend North Korea in any way, but rather put this out uh, for people to consider. But we know, uh, as per WikiLeaks, that the CIA has a program called Umbridge, uh, which is a unit within the CIA that has compiled, managed, and dispersed malware from both uh, Russia, China, and including Iran, and then placing it back on their own systems. And this has been known to use as a tool to frame the axes of evil. Uh, so do we see uh, actually a CIA ploy to frame North Korea in this instance as a preamble for war? I throw it out there for the audience to make up their own conclusions. You know, um, I saw uh, a few separate news reports. One uh, what you posted on, on Vessel News about is North Korea behind it. I've also seen um, somebody speculate that ISIS was behind it, and we've seen uh, Putin. He's blaming the United States. But this was a uh, let's talk about this attack. This was a uh, they're they're calling it a global a global hack, and they're saying that this is you know one of the the broadest attacks that that we've ever seen in the history of the. Of this the just has a feel to me of intelligence agencies. That's just me. Yeah, and, and let's look at the targets. We see a lot of, uh, you know, in Europe and in Asia, you have financial institutions targeted, and in the hospitals and the medical records is one thing that really uh, caught my attention. Is there anything um, about the the attacks and the targets that tells us um, one way or another who it might be? Well, I mean, we do know, of course, that these tools were uh, taken from uh, the NSA by a group known as the Shadow Brokers uh, and was dispersed to potentially a North Korean-linked group or a group that we have not yet been made aware of. Uh, one of the interesting caveats to this whole situation is that ransomware, of course, is a piece of tool that will enable an individual to obtain a ransom 
from somebody uh, in the form of payment. It could be uh, hard cash, Bitcoin, uh, or any other currency. But people are not necessarily hearing how much actually has been ransomed from this whole scheme. It's anywhere between this morning it was $40,000, $42,000 to be exact, had been uh, obtained by the ransomware hackers, and then now this evening it's up to $70,000. So for a tool that uh, infected over 200,000 computers, today was infecting every hour an additional 3,600 computers uh, in over 200 countries, uh, for them to accrue $70,000, uh, tells you that this was not the uh, main objective uh, of these individuals, and rather this was some sort of test. And who was the culprit behind this test, we do not know as of yet for sure. Uh, but this could be, again, a preamble for something larger, whether it be war with North Korea uh, or Russia or another foreign power of the United States, because the United States put out a statement today stating that they were not in any way impacted by this tool, uh, which I think tells you potentially that there might be somebody on our side who is uh, putting forth this tool uh, against our enemies. You know, one of the, uh, I don't know, I didn't uh, read the article that's on the top of VesselNews.io that, that asks if North Korea is behind it, but one of the reasons that they say it might be is because apparently some of the, the software used had some codes that are used apparently uh, in North Korea or, or by North Korea. Is is there anything else beyond that that we know of yet? That that is the only piece of information that we have right now. It is still very early. Okay, and uh, you know, hopefully, this is um, not a story that just that just uh, you know goes away with the news cycle. Hopefully, we do get oh, some answers I on doubt this. that. Well, you know, as but it's actually very interesting the timing now of this Washington Post story uh, that's coming out. I think the biggest story would be to attach the North Koreans to this international hacking situation, and yet this Washington Post story, uh, within about an hour and a half of there being reports trickling out from Reuters, uh, does this quote unquote bombshell uh, hit the media landscape? So I find the timing of this to be rather peculiar as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And we see the, uh, you know, the the North Korea had another missile test over this last weekend. I believe it was their sixth in the in the most recent string. And uh, Russia came out and told the U.S. to stop provoking. Yeah, uh, North we, Korea. We, what do you make of that? I mean, well, uh, Russia shares a border with North Korea. Right. Uh, North Korea and Russia have ties. Putin has met Kim Jong uh, on, excuse me, ill. Numerous times, uh, Kim Jong-il uh, never flew uh, in an airplane. He took a train to visit Putin in Moscow. So uh, when I was in North Korea myself, there were a number of murals of Kim Jong-il and Vladimir Putin in the mausoleum in which Kim Jong-il and his father, Kim Il-sung's bare uh, bodies, are being um, preserved. Uh, so, again, they share a border. They have... Uh, as deep ties as you could have with North Korea, uh, aside from China. And I think any more intervention of the United States uh, is bad news. As we've seen historically, uh, the United States establishes permanent or long-term military apparatus and bases in the countries in which they go to war with subsequently. Uh, look at Germany, look at Iraq. 
Uh, and then, of course, there's over 130 bases throughout the world in the United States. Uh, so d- does Russia want to have American troops on their border? There are already tens of thousands of troops on the South Korean uh, border. I don't think that they want any more uh, if you are Vladimir Putin. Okay. Hmm. So, uh, again, you know, we get more more uh, of the, the talk and, and the the hype of war uh, with the media never really truly painting the, the the truthful picture between you know North Korea and, and the US and again we last hour we talked with Mr. Sangari and, and Colonel Emanuel about the different leverage aspects that not only Trump but China have against North Korea and how to get more of a diplomatic um, solution to this rather than you know a, a solution of conflict by conflict well you know so, Joe and um, J- Josh or our guest is Josh Kap- Kaplan vessel um, thought uh, vesselnews.io um, the geopolitical landscape where are your eyes because you're on the news all the time I mean folks uh, Josh is like surveilling the news um, from the deepest darkest places on the internet and, and elsewhere but where are your eyes kind of affixed um, when it comes to Syria North Korea and other hot spots is it North Korea, or is it Syria, or is it both, or is is there a symbiotic news, a relationship in terms of news between the two, uh, the the two theaters, so to speak? Well, um, the uh, the common answer, the run of the mill answer. Of course, I'm watching all the hot uh, hot issue areas, like what's going on between the United States and North Korea, and of course now this report by the uh, State Department uh, accusing the Assad regime of uh, operating a crematorium, uh, burning bodies, hanging bodies, uh, and running more or less a killing factory uh, out of the country. Uh, and if you read the Associated Press report, um, it was uh, choppy at best. Their accusation. They said there were reports of there. There they think that there may be. This wasn't even a definitive um, report, and yet the headline was editorialized as if this was concrete fact. Now I'll take. Uh, the, the, the listeners in a different direction, and I'll name two two countries uh, or two parties that I think are headed for war that I'm posting on VesselNews.io that I don't see the mainstream media focusing on. Uh, the battle between Israel and Hezbollah, we are going to see, in my opinion, tempers flaring greatly within the next year or so that could lead to yet another war. Uh, I've been posting on this uh, on VesselNews.io for the past couple months. Um, uh, Hassan Nasrallah, who is the leader of Hezbollah out of Lebanon, has been fiercely attacking Israel uh, with uh, both uh, verbal threats and a buildup uh, along the Golan Heights uh, that we haven't seen in the past few years. Now, uh, there was a report that we curated on VesselNews.io uh, that stated via Adam Credo of the uh, Washington Free Beacon uh, that hundreds of millions of dollars, roughly $400 million in cash, uh, part of the larger sum cash payment that Obama made to Iran. $400 million of that has been given to Hassan Nezrallah of Hezbollah. Uh, so we see an Iran, excuse me, a Hezbollah that is extremely well off financially now with this uh, large uh, cash 
uh, injection. Uh, we see that they are stockpiling missiles uh, to levels that far exceed uh, during the Israeli-Hezbollah uh, war uh, a few years ago. Uh, and we also see, again, a troop buildup on the Golan Heights. So for me, I take a look at uh, all of these hot-button issue areas that the mainstream media is focused on, and I say, well, we already know about North Korea and Syria, uh, but what are we really not talking about now. And the other thing, and it's not necessarily a war, but could lead to uh, war in other areas, and especially uh, between uh, Lebanon uh, and Hezbollah, Hezbollah and Israel, is uh, the radical factions within the Iranian political uh, elite are now making their way uh, to the upper echelons in the polls. Uh, we might see a radical, hard-right, conservative uh, Iranian become president. And, of course, we understand the implications of that. If we thought that uh, Ahmadinejad uh, was far-right uh, and very conservative and anti-Israel, wait until who you see uh, some of these candidates in Iran running and could potentially uh, assume the presidency there. And this, of course, has implications that are very serious in the region. And that's why we're hearing reports that Trump is now finalizing a $100 billion arms agreement with Saudi Arabia, because Saudi Arabia is deeply concerned with a uh, even more extreme Iran. So that's what I'm looking at, both Hezbollah and Israel and the Iranian elections. Okay. Uh, Josh, did you see anything in the news about the Palestinian president um, stating his openness to reach a, a peace agreement? Sure, yeah. So we had that story uh, on VesselNews.io. Uh, we had it from the Jerusalem Post. Uh, it was an unnamed source, and uh, Mahmoud Abbas did, subsequent to meeting with President Trump, state uh, that he was um, very, that he voiced his uh, strong willingness to sign a peace agreement between the Palestinians uh, and the state of Israel, and that this was an unprecedented step. Uh, considering, uh, of course, that a peace agreement between the two countries would be historic, but also because relations uh, between the two have been quite poor uh, over the past few years, especially now with this Palestinian hunger strike issue. Uh, now we see uh, throughout Israeli jails, Palestinians uh, engaging in hunger strikes. Uh, so there seems to be a lot of resistance from the grassroots activists on the Palestinian side uh, towards making any sort of peace uh, with the other side. So I have been watching that. It's going to be interesting to see uh, what comes about uh, in, in that instance. But the main issue is this, is that the Palestinians are not solely represented by Mahmoud Abbas of the PLO. He uh, he also has to realize that Hamas, a terrorist organization which has the only stronghold over Gaza, is a large subset of the Palestinian people. And he cannot only make a decision based on what he wants from the PLO standpoint for the entire Palestinian population uh, for that very reason that I had just stated. So we might have Mahmoud Abbas uh, sign an agreement, but will Hamas and the rest of the Palestinians agree? Okay, I, I just want to say this. I don't know what to do with this bit of information, Josh. I, I got um, this is about um, not quite a month ago, but getting close. Uh, someone from one of our intelligence agencies I was having a conversation with, and it was kind of a, almost a slip of a tongue, a slip of his tongue, when I was asking about what he was doing. Um, Anyway, the, the long and short of it was that he was, um, I, I won't say exactly what he said, but 
plan or um, making preparations for hostilities by Hezbollah. The, you know, so what do you make of that? Now, let's assume that that's correct and, and that's valid, that's legitimate, authenticated information. That kind of fits into what you're saying, I take it? Well, absolutely. And I think, yeah, you know, with a President Trump, we're going to see uh, a United States that stands tall with Israel uh, as we have not seen uh, in the past eight years or so. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me uh, if I understand the tidbit of information that you had obtained that the United States is planning a military strategy in regards to supporting Israel uh, in a future war against Hezbollah. That's something that is a very real uh, scenario, and it will be very interesting to see how that plays out, considering the fact that uh, despite numerous attempts from the international community to install either a U.N.-backed force or a United States-backed force in Israel to keep peace between the Palestinians uh, and the Israelis, it'll be interesting to see what a role post-war will be for the Americans uh, if there is actual war between uh, Israel and the United States against Hezbollah. Josh, I hate to do this during the, the interview. Uh, we're getting a beeping noise every so often coming from you. Um, my dad thinks you might be leaning on the keyboard or something. Either that or no. your, uh, your pacing. No, I don't. Off. I, I, you know, I don't hear anything. I'm going to unplug my, I'm going to unplug my headphones and you let me know if that works. Okay. Well, we've never heard that noise here before, so we don't know, but it's coming through the sound somehow, so. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, to get back on track here, we're talking about uh, Palestine and, and Abbas and, and Hezbollah. Any comments on uh, the upcoming foreign uh, policy trip that Trump has or the, the trip Trump has to Italy, uh, Jerusalem, and Saudi Arabia? And do you believe that we could see uh, – do you believe that, that Trump has a has a goal of, of trying to help uh, – be the one to bring in, bring about this peace deal. There's the noise. I don't know if you heard that, but no, no, I haven't. I have okay. not. So, somebody's playing uh, Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, my my apologies. I'll have to look uh, into that. Uh, well, I mean, just to uh, just to take a look at what's going on uh, between Trump and the Pope. The Pope, uh, as we know, is of a leftist political persuasion. Uh, he seems to be more of an evangelical uh, for climate change. Uh, and for gay rights than he is for his own uh, religion. So I think Trump is being presidential in trying to sit down with him and create, cultivate some type of relationship because he has been the Pope adversarial uh, towards Trump's policies uh, and including his personality as well. Uh, so I think Trump is going to try to charm him in some regard, but I think to little avail, the, the, the Pope, once this meeting is concluded, is still going to continue uh, with the rhetoric that we've been hearing from him for the past few months since the campaign. So, again, I think this is a, a photo op for the president uh, as a demonstration of respect, but I don't think anything substantial will come of this. Um, of course, the uh, meeting in Saudi Arabia is a message to Iran uh, that the United States stands side by side with Saudi Arabia, coinciding potentially with a $100 billion arms deal. In addition to that, uh, there are also reports that Saudi Arabia is finalizing a $40 billion investment in American infrastructure, uh, which will create a number of jobs. 
Now, uh, my readers are concerned about this. This was our lead story a few nights ago uh, because infrastructure is obviously critical from a security, national security standpoint. And for the Saudis to be investing billions of dollars, well, they have a certain amount of skin in the game and thus will come certain uh, technical information flowing back to them. And what happens if that gets into the wrong hands that we've seen previously with Saudi Arabia and the Arab world. Uh, so I think that's going to be a very interesting, important meeting. And of course, uh, Israel, I think, will be uh, more of a, not a lighter meeting, but more of a friendly uh, meeting between uh, past friends, President Trump and Netanyahu. Uh, they'll obviously discuss the threats that I went over uh, moments ago. Um, and I think the issue uh, that people didn't expect to come up was this uh, moving of the American embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Um, although we posted a story on Vessel about this, uh, I think this is an issue that is overblown and likely won't actually materialize. I don't believe that in a larger peace agreement, uh, the embassy will be moved from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, but look out for reports about tension between these two parties about this particular issue, and I think it's might, it might be overblown and really a caveat to the larger peace agreement that I think Trump is going to try to push when he's in Israel. Now, being, um, you know, the author of Art of the Deal, um, making, you know, talking about his success as a businessman and his ability to negotiate is, and I'm sure we've talked about this before, but do you see Trump as you know the perfect candidate to try to establish this peace agreement? Well, I don't. Uh, I I think that Trump has the right people in place to put forth a deal that is innovative, that is different, and thinks outside the box. Uh, he has the best thinkers in the world right now on the case, whether it be Rex Tillerson who uh, not only has incredible business acumen, but when he was the CEO of ExxonMobil, under him uh, ran and operated a miniature State Department. Uh, as we know, ExxonMobil operates in uh, over 36 uh, countries uh, and has anywhere between, I think, fifteen to 20,000 employees worldwide. Uh, of course, you have General Mattis. Uh, you have somebody like Jared Kushner. Uh, who, despite his liberal leanings, is actually quite conservative when it comes to Israel as an Orthodox Jew. Israel is quite uh, close to his heart, and I think that he's going to push innovative solutions as he has uh, in trying to make the government more efficient. Uh, I'm not a big fan of his policies in general, but I think in trying to uh, streamline uh, some of the bloated bureaucracy in the United States, I think he's going to try to uh, apply these same principles to this deal um, and there could be a likelihood uh, that a deal is made. Um, whether or not you know this is one of the great deals of our time that Trump is going to be able to fulfill, we don't know. Um, but I think in terms of the chemistry, the mood, the optimism that Trump has brought to the international community in dealing more directly uh, in tough in terms of terror, in terms of war, uh, and then just his general. Um, in general dealings with world leaders. I think they enjoy the candidness. I think they enjoy the fact that Trump thinks outside the box uh, and is not worried about spending political capital to get things done uh, abroad. Um, we might see a peace deal. Uh, the probability of that, numerically speaking, I can't put a finger on it. Um, but I would say it's probably more likely under than Trump uh, than it would be under Obama if you had asked me uh, eight years ago knowing that Obama was going to be president and then Trump. 
Yeah, very, very well said. And, and folks, we're talking with Josh Kaplan. His website is vesselnews.io. That's vesselnews.io. It's a, it's a website that, that, uh, grabs a number of important stories daily. This is what Josh does every day, all day, is, is to grab, um, stories and throw them up here that are relevant to the political discussion and world events that are going on. And his numbers continue to grow, uh, very massively. So make sure you bookmark his site. Again, vesselnews.io. We're going to be talking with Josh in through this next segment, taking us to the end of the show. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Folks, I'm going to direct your attention to masterpreps.com, masterpreps.com. Wow. Uh, masterpreps.com, uh, the sponsor of our show, masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you could possibly want from uh, cooking uh, utensils, uh, cooking frying pans. To, I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Eric's. Uh, it's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family. Masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? Hi, I'm Grace Gonzalez from Chang Post in the Woods. We are an American family owned company founded and built on skills and knowledge gained from responding to 18 major disasters in the U.S. and around the world. We found that most people don't have enough food and water to survive, let alone any medicinals to save their life. We're offering 25% off our must-have American Heritage Army kit. It contains 12 homeopathic armies, a booklet that goes over everything in your kit, and our brand new book, Major Disasters Lessons Learned. Just enter coupon code HAGMAN. In life or a disaster, you must be able to take care of yourself. You may not be a medical doctor, and your grandmother and your great-grandmother probably weren't either. But they still knew how to minister to their family's health issues. And so can you. Check out our American Heritage Army's kit at www.changepostandwoods.com. Your life may depend on it. This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. That means you can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. 
Radio.io. We're going to get back to Josh in just a second. I got a few shout-outs that John handed me from from people in our chat. want to say hi to Bob in Argentina. want to say hi to John in England. Tom in Canada. Gavrielle from the U.S. Coast Guard. And then we have two Vietnam vets, uh, MJO and Donald. Uh, Thank you for your service. And welcome, everybody. Uh, Again, Josh Kaplan is our guest. Vesselnews.io is the website. Make sure you uh, bookmark the website and check it daily. It's a a great resource for everything that's going on in the world, politics to economy, uh, wars and rumors of wars. And we're going to jump right back into it uh, with Mr. Kaplan. Hillary Clinton, she has launched a a new organization, a political organization, as as she says, she's you know part of the resistance again, and she launched this new organization entitled Onward Together. From my understanding, it's a five hundred one c four organization, and she's already got the donate button up, and she uh, issued a number of tweets. You know, saying, you know, this year hasn't been what I envisioned, but I know I'm still fighting for a kinder, big-hearted, inclusive America onward. She also tweeted, we're launching onward together to encourage people to get involved, organize, and even run for office. Um, she just won't go away, Josh. <laughs> well, I mean, she doesn't have much to do right now. We, uh, we defeated her. Uh, and defeated her swiftly, uh, despite the uh, left's hysteria that the Russians interfered in the American elections. Uh, this is somebody who, just uh, akin to her Clinton Foundation, is attempting to accrue power within a party in which she, alongside Barack Obama, uh, helped age and then uh, destroy. Uh, under Barack Obama's presidency, there were over a thousand seats uh, within uh, all levels of government, whether it be mayoral, whether it be counselor, whether it be Senate, whether it be Congress, that were lost to Republicans. And uh, this is also at the hands of Hillary Clinton. Uh, so this is somebody who not only has been instrumental in destroying the very party that she now thinks she is going to prop up with uh, new prospects, um, but I think that she has to be very careful as to how she navigates the waters. Uh, I do know that I'm I'm relatively plugged in as to what the Internet is saying about this new venture, and whether it be on Twitter or Reddit uh, or anywhere else, uh, members of her base uh, are not impressed with this new initiative. It has the same language, the same tired language and logos and colors and phraseology that we've heard in the past that's disconnected from the actual person that's supposedly running this organization. And the one thing that I'll say on this uh, right now is we've covered it on Vessel uh, sparsely, but now because there's more primaries, it's going to be more of a focus. Um, but just as we've seen, there's a variation right now in the Democratic Party that's taking place that we've seen the Republicans a few years ago with the Tea Party. Uh, so we've got somebody like the Young Turks, which is a uh, fairly sizable uh, progressive uh, outpost on the Internet, on YouTube, uh, that is now pressing and pushing a progressive spring, which is a subset of Democrats that are justice 
uh, minded that are going to be primarying a lot of the candidates in the mold of Hillary Clinton. Uh, so Hillary has to be careful what candidates she makes capital investments in. Are they going to be establishmentarians, as John Ossoff is in Georgia, or are they going to be more of the Bernie Sanders progressive ilk? Uh, because if she isn't putting her money on the uh, right horse, uh, she's going to once again render herself uh, useless uh, within her own party. So that's really what I'm taking a look at is to which candidates are getting the funds because the progressive spring is real. Senator Manchin of West Virginia will be primaried in my opinion. Um, Senator McCaskill in Missouri will be primaried and we even see a primary challenger for Nancy Pelosi out of San Francisco. Uh, so depending on who Hillary backs uh, will be, uh, I think, predicated on the level of success that this new organization has. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, just to see her sit there and and already open up the, you know, the coffers for donations, I would be very surprised if she put any money towards any other person aside from herself. I mean, we know the, you know, we talked about this in the, in the first hour, the, um, selling access uh, that she did while she was Secretary of State, the favors to her uh, Clinton Foundation, the money that was put in there for the for the favors that she turned around and and, uh, and gave for that money, the Haiti Earthquake Relief Fund that disappeared in the billions of dollars. I don't know anybody who would donate to Hillary Clinton right now, but if you did, I would not expect a return of investment other than it going to, into her pocket. Um, and hopefully, you know, she'll just you know, become irrelevant and go away. Um, but, you know, as the time moves forward, that seems less and less likely. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a big joke to, to people who've been paying attention what what she's up to. And these people just get, um, you know, we see the political climate, uh, the, the so-called resistance against Trump, both in the media and on the left. And, you know, those hardcore people on there are continuing to intensify this fight, and the mainstream media is backing them up giving them cover and creating really a chaotic political climate uh, that we see continuing to foment day by day that goes by. It continues to to get worse. Uh, you mentioned that there's a, a challenger against Nancy Pelosi. I, I just saw that on your on your website. And Maxine Waters. Um, real quick before we, we move on, any thoughts on, on these, you know, politicians like John McCain, Nancy Waters, Lindsey Graham, uh, Pelosi, Schumer, who do everything in their power to take the narrative, to score political points for themselves, uh, you know, from making up stuff to calling for impeachment. Do you believe that the people will finally, um, as the, the political politics in this country are becoming more polarizing, do you believe more people will root out uh, from the left and right people like Pelosi and Waters and, and McCain? Uh, well, I, I do think it is situational. Uh, Omar Navarro, who is a Republican uh, running in Maxine Waters' district, uh, which encompasses Inglewood and some of the lesser well-off, economically speaking, areas within Los Angeles, uh, is running there. I think he's going to have a very tough battle, uh, despite overwhelming support uh, from uh, the GOP grassroots um, now, Nancy Pelosi, uh, I don't know if we're going to have a similar scenario where David Bratt, who defeated uh, Eric Cantor out in Virginia, I don't know if we're going to see parallels uh, there. Uh, but I do think that somebody like 
uh, John McCain could lose uh, his uh, next senatorial run if he decides uh, to do so. I think he'll be maybe uh, 208 at that point. I don't know. He might be too too old to run. Uh, we've lost track at uh, how old John McCain is, but he's been around uh, almost as long as he's been alive as he's been in the Senate. That's what it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think despite a strong uh, conservative voice that primaried uh, John McCain, uh, I think that in the subsequent race, if he chooses to run, uh, he might lose. And uh, even before that, somebody like Jeff Flake, who is a hardcore rhino within the Republican Party, and an interesting caveat about uh, Jeff Flake uh, is Jeff Flake was the deciding vote for uh, the decision of uh, con- uh, confirming the ninth uh, district court judge in San Francisco uh, who struck down the travel ban. Um, an interesting factoid there that uh, somebody on the conservative side uh, was the deciding voice, and of course there was a domino effect in this regard. So I think it's situational. I think we could see McCain uh, defeated in the future. I'm not so sure about Maxine Waters. I'm not so sure about Nancy Pelosi, but I do think that uh, Senator McCaskill uh, in Missouri is uh, certainly vulnerable and definitely somebody like Manchin uh, I think is vulnerable as well especially flip-flopping on the Planned Parenthood issue recently where he has been photographed within I think a 7 to 10 year period holding up a pro um, abortion sign and then an anti-abortion sign so yeah. we're going to see these races play out but I don't see large um macro trends where incumbents lose, I think it's going to be spotted and situational. Um, while we're talking about uh, the politics and a little bit about political left, any front runners uh, you see emerging for 2020? Uh, and I only ask this because of the I see the articles that, that come out from the left and we see that there seems to be a, a power vacuum there and there's no nobody electable, as they're saying, and now they're just grasping at anybody who is even semi or remotely popular in the smallest way, and then throwing their names at the top of the ring. Any any frontrunners? Yeah, I got I got to jump jump in here and just say, after listening quietly like a church mouse over here, um, I, man, twenty twenty that, that, that's like a century away. But go ahead, yeah, it is. No, but it's such an interesting uh, subject. Uh, the raw politique is uh, you know always conjures up interesting conversations. I mean, look. As you stated, politics, uh, you know, uh, a year in politics or a day in politics, it's like, you know, uh, it's like human years to dog years, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's uh, it feels like light years away 2020, but it really isn't. So, of course, the front runners that we hear are those like Elizabeth Warren and, of course, uh, Cory Booker. And uh, we're also hearing uh, Kristen Gillibrand, who's the... Uh, junior senator from New York, but my eye isn't really on any of those. Actually, my eye is on none other than Mark Zuckerberg, who has been traveling the country on a uh, tour of some sort to meet everyday people. So he's going to places like Louisiana, and he's having ribs with people, and uh, he's going to places like uh, Ohio and having dinner with Trump supporters and just trying to pick their brain and see why they voted for him. Uh, we see him having his photographer snap pictures of him in an African-American church uh, singing uh, hymns alongside them. And 
Uh, I think the last photo I saw of him this week was him milking a cow on a farm. Uh, wow. So I okay. have, uh, I, I haven't seen anybody put this amount of work if they were to run for president. Sure, that wasn't Rachel Maddow. No, it not, <laughs> might have not been. milking the cow. Never mind. Never mind. It might have been. He might have been giving a bottle to to Rachel Maddow. But I haven't seen any political candidate uh, putting as much effort into 2020 than Mark Zuckerberg. And the, I think, more interesting caveat to this all is uh, a few months ago, he came out in an interview saying that he was no longer an atheist. Uh, as you know, to be an atheist is a highly unpopular thing if you're going to run for office, especially the presidency. So to hear somebody like Mark Zuckerberg, who is a staunch atheist, have an epiphany uh, and all of a sudden be a believer, uh, I think signals maybe more than anything that he's running for office if, if that quirky fact resonates. Yeah, you know, I saw uh, – the reason I asked that question is because uh, last week there was a report that The Rock – was considering running. Dwayne Johnson was considering running for president, and that kind of caught my attention. But other than that, and there's Bruce no Willis for VP. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's a possibility. I mean, look, there is nothing that The Rock has not been able to achieve in the past few years. Uh, Donald Trump has paved the way for out of the box candidates mm-hmm. uh, to be successful. He has, in some regards, uh, created his own model. Uh, his own pathway for non-conventional candidates. You're hearing things like um, Oprah Winfrey considering the presidency. Uh, you're hearing Howard Schultz, the now, I think, former CEO of Starbucks. He's now stepped down to run the uh, premium side of the business. Uh, you're hearing the CEO of Disney, uh, Bob Iger, who's in the news today because hackers apparently stole a brand new Disney film, asked for a large ransom, to which he said no. Uh, so there's a number of unconventional candidates that are considering the presidency, I don't see why The Rock uh, couldn't run and have a very good chance. Look, at the end of the day, right now, uh, we're in a media landscape specifically driven by the Drudge Report, uh, which, as Mike Allen of Politico once said, and it always stuck with me, if do you think Drudge is a conservative populist, uh, his answer was, well, that's secondary. Uh, primary is he is pro-chaos. Uh, that's an actual quote by Mike Allen of Axis and Politico. And so I think The Rock would create the perfect storm of chaos, alpha male against alpha male, Trump versus The Rock. Uh, if you think that the media won't push this race for clicks, uh, especially with Facebook killing their reach, especially with Google ads killing their revenue, you are mistaken. That race could absolutely happen. And I agree. Wow. It would be uh, that much closer than people believe. But 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 what what uh, Josh just said there, folks, and that's why I like VesselNews.io, and I like this this man, this young man. He's very intelligent. Pro chaos. So how true that is, and and how and and Joe, we're seeing this ourselves being the in the quote alt right independent media. Um, people will accuse us of exploiting this uh, any chaos uh, fear porn. Uh, well, you know, Josh. I mean, you know what it's what it's like. Um, wow, that's an interesting observation about about Drudge and looking at. And this was not my observation. This was Mike Allen well, uh, of Politico when he was asked what his thoughts were on the way that Drudge had put his narrative together, and that always stuck with me. You know, because yeah. there was a headline not too long ago where uh, he had Oprah uh, considering running for president, and that was his 
That was his main story. Now, if you're Drudge, who spent the past year pushing Donald Trump towards the White House, and then all of a sudden you pit him against potentially the only candidate that could really beat him uh, because the base is very thin on the Democrat side, you have to ask yourself, um, why is he doing this? Mm-hmm. Why, why, how ideal, you know, from an ideological standpoint, how does that benefit the base? Unless you view things through the prism of uh, the Drudge Report and, and a few other websites, but particularly his, uh, is a pro-chaos website narrative-wise above all. Okay. Interesting. Josh, we got about, I love uh, it. I love it. we have 10 minutes left in the interview. Before uh, we move forward with anything, I want to ask you if you have anything that you want to, to talk about or touch on before um, before we run out of time. Yeah, sure. So uh, to 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 build on the Zuckerberg point, uh, another interesting part of the puzzle here is that uh, Facebook announced that imminently there are going to be major changes made to the newsfeed. Uh, within Facebook HQ, there's talk that the news feed is noisy, spammy, clickbaity, and full of information that apparently is uh, non-pertinent to the everyday individual. So what Facebook is going to do is it's going to prioritize and push content from corporate websites that have sleek overlays, uh, very fast websites, uh, original content, uh, and then things that uh, touch on the more conventional side of people's sensibilities. So uh, they are less prone to uh, clamp down on reach about the top 10 things about drinking water from BuzzFeed uh, than they are about uh, clamping down on a story, which I put out today about a Muslim migrant who beat up a Dutch uh, local on crutches. So you're now going to see Facebook clamping down on independent small media companies, not only from a narrative standpoint, but simply because also their websites are just not as uh, well-built, uh, and the presentation is not as uh, sufficient as and Facebook's mind as some of the others. So what you're going to see is all of the uh, all these independents are going to have a really tough time on Facebook. Now, in addition to that, Facebook now is hiring directors to come out with their own movies and television shows. Zuckerberg has the platform, he has the pipeline, and he says to himself, well, I'd rather have VesselNews.io's uh, websites permeating throughout my platform, or would I rather have my own? So all of this comes into play when you look at Zuck 2020. He's going to be pushing his own Facebook content down his pipeline. He's going to be suppressing the websites, the independent media, on both the left and the right that might be adversarial towards a Zuckerberg presidency uh, in favor of more corporate entities that would probably uphold his presidency and uh, you're going to to, to see um, potentially new platforms manifest hopefully in the near future where places like myself and you could get serious traffic from um, because Facebook more and more is just not cutting it okay um, yeah, that, that's the truth and Josh, in that in that same vein, have you seen an increase in censorship? And I know we talked about this last time you were on, but censorship manipulation of the of the um, search stats and such. Have you seen that hasn't abated, has it? Or has so so um, daily now, um, depending on the story, uh, and it's usually a story about someone of the Muslim faith engaging in nefarious, violent 
uh, behavior um, that others might call hate speech, I would just call telling the truth. Uh, and whenever I post a story on Facebook, it will say it will load for about maybe 10 seconds, which then I have gotten the signal that it probably won't load. Uh, and then it says this, uh, there's something, it says there's something wrong with the URL. Please try again later. Now, if you go on my Twitter, my personal Twitter at Josh dot, uh, excuse me, Josh D. Kaplan, you'll see that I posted, a, a, uh, posted a screenshot of this thing happening today. And it's happened to me in the past week four or five times. So that's the way Facebook is personally clamping down on me and Vessel News. And we've seen the, uh, continued censorship, not only on, on, on Facebook, but the shadow banning and other banning that Twitter does, the ad revenue that YouTube, uh, you know, taking away ad revenue from just about any and every conservative political commentator and conservative news site. And one thing that's real interesting that we've talked about with other people is that, uh, say you took a two minute video report that CNN did that is on YouTube that is able to be monetized and you copy it word for word putting no bias other than what was already in the original port report, you know, word for word and, and put it out on your channel or, or our channel, you would not be able to monetize it, uh, because they'll say it's controversial and, and, you know, it's, uh, whatever their excuse is. So we see this, this rampant, uh, move, especially in the U S to, to silence, uh, conservative voices and, and opinions other than the, you know, mainstream liberal narrative. And in places like uh, in Europe and, and other countries around the world, they don't have to to censor so much because they have hate speech laws and there there's no freedom of speech over there. Do you see a time where uh, conservative media is basically just going to have to pay to put their content out versus the other side where they'll be receiving the ad revenue and whatnot? Or do you see a time where it'll be even worse than that, where... Um, you know, from the net neutrality that they're trying that that the current FCC chairman's rolling back, do you see a time where uh, it will be removed? The conservative point of view will be removed from from the internet. Well, uh, it's already happening on Facebook. Uh, I've got contacts that during the election amassed anywhere between five hundred uh, to five million Facebook likes on a number of different groups. Some of them being as large as as two million people. Uh, and Facebook is clamping down on their reach. And recently, two of their groups uh, that had about 300 to 400,000 likes uh, was seized from Facebook. Now, this group in particular was not grown organically, meaning uh, there weren't everyday people that liked the page uh, because somebody else was talking about it and they just simply liked it. No, they actually took out ads and it cost them anywhere between 10 to 25 cents alike. So they were advertising using the Facebook platform. And then after spending thousands of dollars during the election, uh, they've had a number of these pages seized. And the reason for this, of course, was posting controversial content. So we are already seeing that. Now, there was a report that didn't uh, achieve, or I, sh I should say, reach the levels of mainstream media's attention, of course, but on Vessel News, we had the story. In Austria, there was a landmark court ruling uh, in which the courts of Austria stipulated that Facebook must remove hate speech uh, if mm -hmm. there is a report uh, that goes through the courts 
stipulating to do so. Uh, so that means that if there are unpopular opinions permeating in Austria on Facebook to the dismay of a subset of users, they have full recourse and legal precedence to have it removed swiftly. Uh, and this might have international ramifications as hate speech becomes more of an issue uh, on the Internet and within political circles. We see Europe clamping down on hate speech as well. Germany threatening Facebook with hundreds of thousands of dollars if they don't remove hate speech posts. So it's a it's a very dangerous game. Now, in terms of paying for posts to be promoted, I have another friend who is uh, has a fairly large group of about 800,000 people, and he's saying his reach is so bad that he's now paying for his posts to be boosted on Facebook. And if the RPM, uh, the money he's getting per thousand clicks, outweighs what he's paying to boost it, he'll take the difference and he'll make a little bit of money. But he wasn't doing that before. Mm-hmm. So we're already seeing uh, conservatives investing in promoting uh, their content on these liberal platforms, and this will only continue to get worse. Yeah, you know, uh, just to the, the, the paying on Facebook, I believe it was Mark Dice who did a video maybe about three months ago that showed um, how when you when you pay uh, to boost your, your content, you're still only reaching the people who follow you for the most part. And then secondly, whether it's, you know, you spend a thousand dollars or whether you spend ten thousand dollars the maximum people you can reach to boost that post is still uh you know under five thousand people and it's the it's the same you know uh, basically you could pay a hundred thousand dollars and still only reach if you do it all in one uh transaction still only reach a very limited number of people and it seems that uh you know what's happening there is happening to a lot of people you get ten thousand followers and then somehow uh you know you only get 500 of those that actually see your post when you post something and the other you know 9500 don't see it at all and when you pay to boost your post it's still reaching out to those 9500 people that are already following you that don't see your post it is a scheme it, 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 you know what Josh we've seen this happen across all platforms too uh, the very platform you're on right now I don't know it says we have so many hundreds of several hundred people uh, watching on YouTube live Backend tells a different story. Our servers tell a different, or the uh, bandwidth tells a different story. I'm sorry, the, with respect to uh, YouTube, the uh, the numbers tell a different story in the backend. And it's interesting because we could have uh, fifty thousand uh, views. Uh, we'll say at seven o'clock in the morning, you come back at noon, and it might be at thirty-five thousand. It's just strange how these numbers are manipulated. It's just it's crazy. But um, there is very little transparency. Yeah. Disregard. Yeah. How about Canada, real quick? Uh, and by the way, folks, follow uh, Josh Kaplan on Twitter, Josh D. Kaplan on Twitter, and uh, make sure you bookmark vesselnews.io. How about Canada, real quick? Uh, we got about a minute. Yeah, in terms of hate speech. Right. Well, look, uh, the uh, Parliament of Canada passed a motion. It's not law, as some in the United States have been. Uh, promoting it is a motion against the citizens of Canada if they are to speak out in a hateful way against Islam uh, they could be censored now uh, if this becomes law there could be charges against those engaging in quote unquote Islamophobia if you just speak out about some of the negative aspects of the religion 
and how that religion then manifests in the real world. It is a scary situation. And again, all of these motions, whether it be in Canada or in Austria or abroad, could have deep international consequences. All right. Very interesting. Uh, Josh, you've taken us to the end of our of our hour. I want to thank you so much for, for joining us. Vesselnews.io is the website. Again, Vesselnews.io and bookmark that site. And we look forward to having you back on the program. Josh, yeah, well, you, just us. about the only uh, website, uh, news website you'll need, really. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right. That'll do it for us tonight. Uh, we had a, a fantastic show and uh, we got a great week planned. The uh, This week on Hagman and Hagman is up on Hagman Report. So check that out. R- rumor has it John Robertson is going to be in studio tomorrow. Uh, well, he better be because I'm taking off. Good, okay. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, hopefully uh, John will be with yeah. us, and uh, we'll have another rock and roll show like we did tonight. Until tomorrow. This is Josh Kaplan, by the way. Thank you, sir. Josh Kaplan. Until Thank tomorrow, you. stay safe. Have a great night.